Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 6 Sports Radio, 6 and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you. On this, it feels weird to not say Red Friday. We've had like 21 consecutive Red Fridays, but there are no more football games. The Chiefs won all of them. Very excited to be here with you today. Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1 is going to be on the show coming up in 30 minutes. We will be joined by Nick Wright. He will give us his thoughts on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Also, the incident down at Union Station. Nate Taylor of The Athletic is also going to join us in studio He will do that in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll try to transition to as much as normalcy as we can on today's show. We have made the decision as a show that we are not going to give away a pizza today, at least not off the top of the show. We will bring that back on Tuesday. So if you're waiting on that pizza, Tasio, you're going to have to wait a couple more days Tuesday. We will bring it back, and we will give you your chance to win every day at 2 o'clock. We have not gotten the opportunity yet to talk about the actual parade and the rally. And we still are not going to talk about the parade or the rally, but we will talk about comments that happened afterwards. So Legereus Sneed, who you guys know is set to be a free agent at the now end of the season. He went on with Kay Adams. Talk about winning the Super Bowl at the very end of the conversation. She said, Hey, is there any message that you would love to give Brett Veach? This was Legereus Needs' answer. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. That was Legereus Snee on with Kay Adams. That audio is courtesy of her show with FanDuel. 
Rob, let's take a closer look at these cornerback contracts. The highest paid corner in the National Football League is Denzel Ward. He signed a five-year, $100 million deal. Number two is Marshawn Lattimore, five for 97. Marlon Humphrey, five for 97. Trevon Diggs with the Dallas Cowboys also signed five for 97. Xavier Howard, five for 90. I think it is important to note as we begin this conversation, this is certainly not going to be the last time that we have this conversation about Legereus Sneed. The franchise tag for corners is $18 million. So if you were on the side of let's franchise tag him, you were going to be paying him like he's Xavier Howard. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve Xavier Howard money. I'm just simply telling you what the financials and the business side of it is if you commit to the franchise tag for Legereus Need. I think the Chiefs are the best at three things in the National Football League. I think they have the best coach in the National Football League. I believe they have the best quarterback. I also believe that they have the best one-two corner combination. Going into next season, are you willing to give that up? That's not something that I'm willing to give up. If we are having the early conversation about what I would do if I'm Brett Veach, if you were coming to me and saying, Carrington, all right, it is now officially the offseason. What is your prediction? What would you do if you were the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs? This is how I would handle it. I would franchise tag Legereus Need and reach a long-term contract extension based off of that franchise tag. Now, I don't know if I would give them the five for 90, but we all know that there's a way to do this, that you can give them a four-year deal or pay them like he's Jair Alexander or Tredavious White with the Dallas Cowboys, or excuse me, with the Buffalo Bills, that you can pay him like he's a top 10 corner, not commit as much long-term. You figure out some guarantees, you you maneuver some money around, and you keep Legereus Need under contract long-term with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I would do. I would go into next season with having the best one-two corner combination in the league. You got Snead on one side. You got Trent McDuffie. You have other very talented young corners, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. I'm sure there will be some other moves that you will make. You arguably have the best secondary in the National Football League. So you are the best at throwing the ball. You also are the best at, at defending the pass and being able to slow other teams' quarterbacks and other teams' playmakers. That is not an advantage that I'm willing to give up. So I am interested in keeping Legereus need. It's going to be $18 million next year. You can pay him what the market says, and it end up being a four-year, possibly a five-year deal. But you are going to come in significantly less than what Chris Jones is going to sign for. Now, speaking of Chris Jones, Chris Jones was up on that Union Station stage, and oh, let me tell you, he looked glorious. The confetti was falling. People were cheering. He's all excited. He's all hopped up on four loco. And he says this at the parade. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. I mean, I get it. You know, this is kind of like whenever you're a junior in college and they tell you one more year and you're like, I'm coming back. And then, you know what, you go home, you talk to your mom, you talk to people that you trust, and they're like, son, you got a chance to get $15, $20 million next year in the NFL draft, the NBA draft. You know what we're going to do? We're going to the to the league. And you're like, all right, you're right. You might want to come back, but you got to go. You got to make that decision. 
I think we have seen Chris Jones last game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this does not count the possibility that Chris Jones is ready to give the Chiefs a significant discount. But last year, these two teams, his team and the Chiefs, were unable to reach a long-term agreement. I would say the cost has stayed firm. He didn't get hurt this year. He was an all-pro this season, had double-digit sacks this year, helped you win another championship. I don't know why the price would come down based on the market. I believe that Chris Jones is going to be the number one non-quarterback free agent on the market. Number one is probably going to be Kirk Cousins because he plays quarterback, and we understand supply and demand at that position. I think the number two uh, free agent, the number two player that's going to get paid this offseason is going to be Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones. Do we think the Chiefs are prepared to pay him what the market says or Chris Jones is going to have to make a significant financial sacrifice to continue to stay on the team? And based on how polarizing this was last summer when we did this, and how these two sides were on completely opposite sides, I just find it hard to believe that he is going to do this. We all appreciate Chris Jones. You are going to be in the Chiefs' ring of honor, and one day you will likely get a gold jacket from the people in Canton of Ohio. You have deserved that by being the best defensive player on a dynasty. That guy eventually gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But if we are talking about the business side of football, you have a 27-year-old corner, and you got a 30-year-old defensive lineman, and the 27-year-old football player is going to be a significant discount from the 30-year-old player. I think you got to pay LeJarrius Sneed. I think you do what you need to do to keep him on the team. I think you tell Chris Jones, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And you let him go sign a massive four-year, $110 million contract with another team, and you write a very thankful letter to him on social media as he goes to sign with another team. So as we transition into the offseason and how I would play the offseason, and before we get to what would you do in free agency and who would I like and I would like for them to go get Calvin Ridley or some of the other free agent wide receivers, you have to figure out what you're going to do with Snead and what you're going to do with Jones. You can only franchise tag one of them. One of them is going to hit free agency. That's just how the business of the NFL works. And if you were telling me that I have to franchise tag one of them, I'm going to franchise tag the one that costs $18 million and not the one that costs $30 million. I'm going to franchise tag the player that is 27 years old and not the player that is 30 years old. And unfortunately, I think you have to move on from Chris Jones. Rob, how do you hear these comments from Legereus Need? What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. So that was Legereus Need as he went on with Kay Adams. Certainly makes sense. He is a mid-round pick on a rookie contract, and this is his chance to cash out. I certainly understand the sentiment. Chris Jones said this on the stage on Wednesday. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. So that was Chris Jones on Wednesday on the stage at Union Station. Rob, I'm putting the GM hat in your hands. I told you how I would do it. 
I would franchise tag Legereus Sneed. I would reach a long-term extension with Legereus Sneed, and I would let Chris Jones walk in free agency and take the compensatory pick. How would you handle the offseason? Me and you are actually on the same page here. I would do exactly what you did. But you asked me, what does that audio mean when it hits my ear? And you know what Legereus Sneed sounded like? A guy who's not going to take a hometown discount to stay in Kansas City. There has been a thought among Chiefs fans that, hey, if you don't tag him, Legereus Need loves Spags. He loves this team. I think he'll do the Kelsey. I think he'll do the insert player X and not ask for the top dollar, not ask for pure market value, and is more willing to win than take that money. Legereus Need did not sound on Kay Adams' show like a person who was, hey, I'm, I'm willing to make this work. His message was six words, pay me, pay me, pay me. That does not sound like hometown discount guy. Meanwhile, public enemy number one or offseason public enemy number one, Chris Jones definitely sound like a guy who's willing to play some ball this year in the negotiations. So I actually would do your plan based on age and all those things. But I wonder if behind the scenes, Chris Jones and co are saying we're willing to make this work. He wants to be a chief for life where Legereus Sneed and co are saying my money is my top priority and it might be easier to work with a 30-year-old defensive tackle than a 26-year-old corner. I think both players are in a really good situation if they are the one that gets franchise tagged. Like, if you are Legereus Sneed and you get franchise tagged, let's say that you don't even reach a long-term extension with Kansas City. Let's say that everything that you were saying is 100% accurate. The Chiefs franchise tag Legereus Sneed. He's locked in on a one-year $18 million deal. He is not coming off of his stance. Hey, I want you guys to pay me like I'm Marlon Humphrey. I want five years, $97 million. I ain't taking less than that. And if that's not the deal that you have, I will happily play out this one-year deal. He will make more money next year than he has made in his entire NFL career. That's not a bad spot to be in. Sure, you want to get the guaranteed money. You want to get the $40 million. You want to get the $33 million. You want to get the big-time guaranteed at signing, big-time signing bonus. They cut you a check the day that you sign the deal. That is what that is the goal of every NFL player. The worst-case scenario for Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones is not bad. The worst-case scenario for Sneed is that he signs a fully guaranteed one-year deal with a team that has won back-to-back Super Bowls. The worst-case scenario for Chris Jones is that you sign a one-year $30 million guaranteed deal with the only organization that you've played for and has won the last two Super Bowls. It is not a bad situation either way. If either one of those players hit free agency, they will be off the board in the first three hours. You know we're watching NFL Live and we're refreshing Twitter and we're waiting for the deals to come in. They will be one of the first players signed. You're talking about a guy who can be a number one corner on any team in the National Football League who has a great injury history and is 27 years old or a future Hall of Fame, current all-pro caliber defensive lineman that has shown you he's a great leader and can get to the quarterback. The Chiefs have two of the most desirable free agents in the NFL. Now comes the really hard part of you deciding who you want to pay long-term and how you move forward as an organization. We can keep this conversation going on the other side. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First. That's next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. We got Nick Wright coming on the show in 10 minutes. We'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First. A couple of texts that I want to respond to as we are moving towards the offseason and the Chiefs are going to have two major decisions. What do you do with Legereus Need? What do you do with Chris Jones' deal? One text that came in, CDOT, you are crazy if you think the Chiefs have the ability to three-peat without Chris Jones. I would have never guessed that they would have won back-to-back Super Bowls without Tyree Kill. I think this year Tyree Kill was the second best skill position player in the National Football League behind Christian McCaffrey. They won the Super Bowl without him. I understand that one plays on the offensive side of the ball and one doesn't. I don't know if we can say that definitively about any player on their team that's not named Patrick Mahomes, and that includes Travis Kelsey, who was incredible in the postseason. I understand that at some point, A, you have to pay people, and B, you're going to have to say no to some players. And we are reaching, I would say, a 12-month stretch this offseason and next offseason There are a lot of really good players who have helped this team win multiple championships that you are going to have to make a decision on. You're going to soon have to make a decision. Do you want to pay Creed Humphrey? You're soon going to have to make a decision about whether you want to pay Trey Smith or not. A guy like Legereus Need, Chris Jones, his contract is up. We are Nick Bolton. Like We are really close to the point. We're not even talking about Willie Gay, who was arguably their best linebacker this season. I think we all identify that he is a player that you just simply lose in free agency. One of the great things about the Chiefs is they have a lot of great players. One of the bad things now in the offseason is you got a lot of good players, and these guys were on rookie deals and guys who were underpaid just by being on these rookie contracts, and now you're looking to reap the financial benefit of all your hard work. So now if you're Willie Gay, you're hitting free agency, I want to get paid. If I'm Creed Humphrey this offseason and I can negotiate my deal and I'm arguably the second best player at my position in the National Football League, I don't want to be on this second round rookie contract anymore. I want to get paid. If you're a guy like Legereus Need, who your own coaches have come out and said that you're the best corner in the National Football League, well, I want my contract to look like I'm the best corner in the National Football League. So this is just one of those good problems, I would say, when it comes to the team, that you got to make a decision about who you want to pay. And also, you need to continue to draft at the level in which you draft. It's continue to bring in and develop good players to see where this thing goes. One text that I think is really good, 913-586-7610. See, if the Chiefs are so great at drafting and developing corners, wouldn't the wise thing do is to reload and draft picks and develop those picks on cheap deals like the Patriots did? I don't know if this is a flaw in that theory as much as just an observation. For you to win back-to-back Super Bowls, you have been really good at developing a whole lot of positions. You've been really good at developing offensive linemen. I mean, Trey Smith is someone that you developed. Creed Humphrey is someone that you developed. Isaiah Pacheco is a player that you have developed. Sneed, Trent McDuffie. 
you're going to reward some of these guys. And some of these guys, you're going to tip your cap to and let them move in free agency. I am all for keeping players that are elite or premier players who are between the ages of 25 and 29. Those deals, sure, they fail sometimes. It's football. An injury happens, and you're never the same player. We see a lot of contracts in which you give a guy who is over 30 years old a whole bunch of money, and that deal turns really bad really quickly. So if I'm the one that's team building, as great as Chris Jones is, if we're looking at this thing objectively, I can see a scenario in two years that you look back on the 33-year-old defensive lineman that you have under contract, and he is the fourth highest paid defensive player in the league, and you're looking at it, you're thinking, was this a smart deal? Was this a good deal? I don't know if you'll feel that way about the Snead contract, not with all the things that he can do, not with his ability to play outside, inside, play some safety, blitz, and you continue to pair him with Trent McDuffie, just that foundation, that cornerback group, you got a real strong foundation. And then you look at your defensive line and how you've allocated your resources. I think that George Karloftis could be Max Crosby. You look at Felix on UDK. I can't remember one play he made the entire season, and then he makes one in the Super Bowl. So you've got two first-round picks on opposite ends. We'll see how Charles Amenahu comes back. They've done a good job at drafting and developing interior defensive linemen. They've also done a good job in free agency or trades. You know those of each specials. You pick up Emmanuel Agba. You got Charles Amenahu in free agency. You're going to have opportunities to make those deals. Guys are want to. They're going to want to play on the Chiefs. Playing on the Chiefs has shown you you can get paid. We saw that happen last offseason with Juju Smith-Schuster. You've also obviously shown you're the best team in the league, and we can also get you a ring. So you can sign a one-year deal and go get paid somewhere else, and in your stop in Kansas City, you can pick up a championship. That's not a bad situation to be in. I think it's worth noting, on top of all this, the history of Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs. Has he ever once given a long-term deal to a corner. And there have been good corners in Kansas City in his time. But Shaw Brilliant was not as good as Legereus Sneed. I no. understand that. But he was good. He walked. He was a good corner. Kendall Fuller was a solid corner. I don't want to say good, but he was solid. Let him walk. Tyron Matthew. Remember what we called him at the time? Swiss Army Knife. He does everything. Corner, safety, blitzer. He let him walk. Age is different. I get that. But Brett Veach historically has said, hey, I'm going to get the most out of you if you're a member of the secondary, and then I am walking away. Has there been a single member of the secondary that has got a meaningful second contract from this team, including Juan Thornhill, who was good last year for the Browns? Brett Veach walked on him. There is just a history. There is a trend. There is a backdrop of Brett Veach walks on the secondary. Whether that be he trusts his scouting department, whether it be that he trusts Spags, whatever it may be, he has historically walked on those guys. He has had multiple chances to walk on Chris Jones in his tenure as GM, and he has given him new contracts every single time. So while I understand the on the field part, I think the behind the scenes part is notable. Brett Veach historically has not paid the secondary guy. No, you're right. But I think we also could say, though, have they really given out the big contract to any of the rookies that they've had? Like when guys contract has expired. This is the first time that you've really been faced with this dilemma if you were Brett Veach. You've had some really good players, but who's the best free agent that they've had? Ward? Traverius Ward? 
I mean, they haven't had a big-time wide receiver that you wanted to keep. They haven't had a big-time running back that you wanted to keep. They haven't had a tight end. They haven't had those players that have hit free agency. It's really been Tyreek Hill, and we understand the uniqueness of that situation. His contract didn't expire. He was under contract, and they just had a disagreement about if they want to pay him or not. But I, I guess where I would counter to what you were saying is, this is the first time that they've really reached this cross in the road about what they want to do with the player of this caliber. Over the next two off seasons, over the next two off seasons, they are going to be faced with, hey, some guys that you really love, some guys whose jerseys you have, some guys who have signed autographs for you, some of your favorite players, are they going to be able to keep and pay them? That's what the next two off seasons are going to be. I would pay Snee personally. I would pay him. I'd sign a four-year deal, and I would move forward having the best one-two corner combination in the entire National Football League. That's what I would do if I was the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1. And first things first, Nick Wright is scheduled to join us next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by one of the top opinion makers in the business, Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1, joins us on the show today. Nick, how you doing today, my man? I'm all right, C-Dot. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How many of these have you done today? You've been making the rounds. Uh, all right, so I went on with Pete Mundo, which was, if people want to listen to a brilliant guy yell at a moron for 40 minutes, they should check it out. Um, maybe I shouldn't have been yelling so much. Uh, the, I also went on with KMBZ, their, uh, midday show. And I told him that was my first job ever was KMBZ morning news assistant producer. I went on with your guy, Harold Kuntz, uh, and Dan Levitard and now you, and I hope to hop on with my buddies, Lazlo and Slimfast at some point. Uh, and so, yeah, so I just. I'm off TV today, and uh, there's something I want to talk about. And so I'm talking to people. So let's just start with this, and I'll, I'll sort of just pass it to you. You know, you kind of gave this open invitation, and you always have a, a platform here to speak. Certainly not you, – you don't need it. But what I guess I don't want to ask what makes this so important to you. It's obvious what that is. Why do you feel the need to go on so many different platforms to spread your message today? Well, I just think, like – that we 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 only have we always have like limited attention span and time and i the the fact of the matter is this i i get that the shooting in Kansas City was not the what we consider the traditional it's so sad that something exists mass shooting which is one guy indiscriminately firing at a crowd or in a school or at a movie theater or at a parade or, you know, any of the places that we see it happen. I, I understand that. But it doesn't change the math that one of the reasons this was not, you know, uh, just a few, if I may say such a thing, people shot 
and it was nearly two dozen was because of the types of guns involved and the fact that there were multiple uh, semi-automatic rifles involved. And I just think it's a scourge. And I think that even if, and I will admit, I am probably more extreme than most on what the Second Amendment actually says, what it is, how it should be interpreted. But I don't need people to agree with me on that. When I think we all agree that we have lost the plot, I, we should, I shouldn't say all, a, a vast majority agree that we have lost the plot when it comes to gun violence and the ubiquitousness of these high-powered, uh, you know, fast-deploying weapons. And I, and if we don't talk about it now, then it, it moves to the back burner, and then the next time something happens, we are that further delayed. And so that's what I want to talk about. I think at least for me, Nick, is I think I have just been beaten down by this entire conversation and I'm far more cynical about it. Like, I understand what you're saying and you might just be more extreme, but I would say for the most part, you and I probably agree on 75, 80 percent of this. But my fear is what you and I both know is going to happen on Monday. People are going to be tired of hearing about this. They're going to say that we are beating a dead horse. And then on Tuesday, we are all going to go back to our normal lives and we will just wait for this to happen again because we all know that this is going to happen again. And I just feel like we've been in this conversation so much in America and nobody moves. Nothing changes. Nothing happens. And I am just I am just completely beaten down by continuing to have this conversation six to eight times well, a year. No, sure. I, and I get that. And that's how bad actors win. And I, by the way, I'm not judging you for that CDOT at all. So, like, I'm not saying it's your fault. But that, folks, that the status quo serves them and their purposes or their political ends or their financial ends want you to feel defeated and they want you to feel hopeless and they want you to just accept ah, this is America. But the thing is, it, it, it was not always. And it was not even that long ago. And so this is, we have been, what is true is, and there have been some great books written about it, even books, you know, written by people that I, disagree with a lot of there. I'm trying to find the one that I have on my bookshelf right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but books about why America is such a gun-loving country and why it was important. And it's not about the, you know, defeating the British. Um, And so America's always had a unique relationship with firearms. What is new is Anyone and everyone being able to access these types of firearms and the mass damage that they can then inflict. We and I get that folks if folks want to make this about gang violence or about uh, you know, where are the fathers or about any of those things, here is here's the fact. The fact is there has been random violence in every city that has ever existed in world history. There have been gangs called by different names in every city that has ever existed in world history. It does not mean that we shouldn't fight that, combat that, do our best to mitigate it. But what is unique 
to this nation in this time period is these types of mass casualty events. That is the anomaly. And the fact that it has happened at such a rapid pace that, e that even people who I think are on the correct side of the issue throw their arms up and say there's nothing to be done is, is you know, is disheartening. And, and, and CDOT, I'm not, again, I, maybe I would have – maybe I, I wouldn't be speaking on it so much, and this is a selfish place to be, I suppose, uh, if it wasn't the fact – that, you know, I was there, I was, you know, scared for my wife's life. I was for like the whole thing. But it, 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 if I wasn't going to talk about it now, then I was never going to talk about it. And I used to talk about this stuff a lot. And then I kind of stopped and I, I didn't want to stop on this. Right now, we're talking to Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1. He wanted to come on today to share his feelings and he is always welcome to do this. Nick, I think just kind of in the tone of what we're talking about, I think that Wednesday was the most American thing that had happened. Like, we were celebrating a football team. The thing that I would say universally brings us together that we all love. That is number one. Number two, this happened. And this happens in every city. It, 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 is, a, it is so ingrained in American society. But what I also saw is the American spirit as well. And you've heard the stories and seen the stories, whether it was Andy Reid's story, whether it was Trey Smith's story, whether it was the fact that people tackled the the uh, the people that are in custody. Like this was the full scope of the American experience to me on Wednesday. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I mean, that is and maybe someone could maybe write a book about that. I mean, you are correct, but that is a pathetic thing. And uh, people like, again, and I'm sorry, in this, the audience may be, Ian, actually, I'm not sorry. I, it, it is what it is. There, there's, as much as we love the Chiefs, people in England love, in Liverpool, love Liverpool. And as much as we have heroic people, those people exist everywhere. The only part of, of what happened on Wednesday that was unique to America is the shooting part of it. Every other part of it happens everywhere. And what is unique to America is that a couple of 16-year-olds, or the apologies, uh, I'm wrong, a couple of juveniles, I should say, were able to easily get their hands on ARs. That's what's unique to America. And that is, and that is what folks, listen, folks just, and this is the point I was trying to make to Pete earlier, uh, have to decide if they're okay with it. What I, if you, someone wants to say, I am, you know what? I believe uh, that in the rights uh, to bear arms in this way, in any way, and I am, and if that means that, you know, a few times a year, and it's more often that, but that's fine, a few times a year we have, this, these random events, if you actually look at the nu raw numbers of people killed, it's a, you know, a, a decimal percentage of overall deaths, and I'm okay with it. I respect that opinion more than folks who claim they're not okay with it, but then also claim, huh, we have no, uh, there's nothing to be done.
There are obviously things to be done. Some are 90% agreed upon by the population, and yet our elected officials won't move forward on them. Some are 60% agreed with on the population. Our elected officials won't move forward on them. And then there are some that I believe in that are probably 40% agreed upon by the population that I am trying to use my voice to try to up that 40% to where it's above 50 and then ask our politicians to move forward on it. Right now, we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. Nick, a lot of people are asking you this question. I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but we're having the conversation. Sure. CDOT, what law does Nick think would have prevented this when you already have underage kids from getting gun? It is a legal question. It is already illegal for them to have a gun. I have seen seven different versions of this question. Someone who is as passionate about okay. this. What is your response to that question? Okay, so my response to this question, that question, is so patently obvious, which is you this very specific thing there's probably only one thing that would have prevented this very specific thing. And that was if we didn't have uh, lightweight semi-automatic rifles easily available to anyone who wanted one. And people can say, oh, well, they got to be illegally. Guys, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't understand how th- this is where people get dumb. This is where people have cognitive dissonance. Like, Yes, if something is illegal for anyone to have, then some people will still find it. But if it is legal for the majority to have, then almost anyone can find it. How many of you listeners knew people that sports bet when it was illegal, but you never did it? And then the moment it became legal— and it was on your phone, you now all of a sudden are firing off 17 parlays a week. You could have done it before, but the legality barrier was enough of a hurdle for you. you, you it's not like it, it did not exist. There are, during, God darn it, during Prohibition, you, people could drink and people did, but it was harder to do. And if people want to, in this instance, focus on the very specific detail of what happened Wednesday, I understand that. In my opinion, that misses the point because what we all know, because we see, have seen it happen in all the previous mass shootings, when it's like, oh, gun purchased legally, person of age, they still won't engage. They won't engage on an intellectual level. And so, yes, if, if your opinion is, that there is nothing that can be done, then my question would be, then why was this not happening 30 years ago? Why? And it's, it, and the, the, the weapons existed. We had a whole, we had a, the Soviet Union collapsed. There were millions of AKs available for anybody, theoretically. Left, on the, left in a, tar- a, a war-torn country. Why? Why is it new? Why is it just in my adult life that we have had this very specific problem? And it's because the regulations have been eased to the point to where the state of Missouri was the the few federal regulations that we have. The state of Missouri sued to not make them enforceable in Missouri, went to the Supreme Court in October 
And so don't give me this nonsense that there is nothing to be done. Of course, there are obvious things to be done, most of which were done in this country previously, many of which by Republican governments. We've just lost the plot. I'll answer whatever text questions people have, by the way, CDOT. I don't know if you want to do this. I don't know, but whatever, whatever, whatever silly bumper sticker logic these people, if, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. Then don't have laws. If you outlaw stealing, then only thieves will steal. What are we talking about? If there was a good guy with a gun, there were snipers on the roof yesterday. There are 800 cops. What, what, nothing you can do. So, I mean, just just miss me with all the, the nonsense. Nick, I'm here for as long as you have time to be here. So I, I am very happy to facilitate the arguments that you and I have both seen time and time again. And for so people can have at least your answer, your response to them. A lot of people are saying that this is not a gun issue. It is a mental health issue. What is your okay. response to that? Adults have a responsibility to hold multiple ideas in their, uh, you know, in their head at once. And the, 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 again, because this appears to be gang-related violence, it's, people aren't going to go to mental health the way they do when someone walks into an elementary school and shoots 20 people. And I actually understand that. But here is my issue. First one is, I would love to do both. I would love to better publicly fund. publicly fund mental health resources, okay? I would like to do that while addressing the gun issue. The idea that it must be one or the other is facile and ludicrous. Um, But the, the reason that particular argument gets me mad is I'm yet to meet the politician who is all for more tax dollars going to mental health services and a gun nut. I'm yet to meet them. It sure seems to me like th- there are a lot of folks with my politics that think we need to have legitimate real restrictions on the very least on these types of weapons and thinks we should better public fund health services, mental health services, and so many of these people who are desperate and on the street are actually dealing with mental health issues. I I think there's a lot of people that believe that. And then there's a lot of people that believe, you know what I mean, a a gun for every man, woman, and child, and fend for your damn self on mental health. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get a job, get a life. So it's just disingenuous. Like the, and by the way, I will say this. If we had to pick one or the other, which we don't, I would pick the mental health thing for the record. I think that, So much of the homelessness and strife and pain you see uh, in cities across America, the root cause is, you know, some level of uh, mental illness sounds too harsh, but some level of brain chemistry gone awry that has then led to desperation and poverty and all those things. I think that is a real crisis. But if we're, you can't claim to care about mental health and then be like, but subjecting our eight-year-olds to mass shooter drills isn't going to have a downstream effect on their mental health 
for the rest of their lives. It's just wanton hypocrisy. Last question here, Nick, because I'm sure you and I could go on this, and I could just give you the floor and you could go for four hours, but I imagine you have things to do. Next year, if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, would you go back to the parade? Yes. This was not about Kansas City. I understand Kansas City does my entire life, and Kansas City has had a gun violence problem and a gang violence problem my entire life. So in that regard, this might feel like it was about Kansas City. But Danny Parkins, you know, sports radio, 610 sports legend himself, he, uh, you know, was at a 4th of July parade two years ago that got shot up that I called to check on him, just like he called to check on me when the Chief Super Bowl parade got uh, shot up. There is, there is, it is, you, you just spin the wheel and hope it's not your big event. But there is, I am not going to act as if I think this is unique to Kansas City. And while I find some of Missouri's gun laws to be objectionable because Missouri is on a state line, even if Missouri passed all the laws I wanted them to, unless unless Kansas did it also, if you're in Kansas City, it wouldn't really have much of an impact. But but this idea that laws can't help, can't can't do anything – I live in New York City. No matter what the, you know, the, some media will tell you, New York City is one of the safest big cities in the world and has shockingly little gun violence for a city of 12 million people, however many people. And it's not only because New York City has incredibly strict gun laws like Chicago does, but what New York City doesn't have that Chicago does is share a border with a state that has none. Instead, we're surrounded by mostly states that have at least some level of common sense gun laws, and, and the, the penalties are real. You can be the star receiver for the New York Giants and just have a pistol and shoot yourself and go to prison, not even committing a crime or hurting anybody. And as much as people say, ah, criminal outlaws break the law, nobody likes going to jail. And the, there is a real fear of that amongst people that even even people breaking the law. And so gun and people are like, well, but stabbings. Listen, I would I will tell you this, because people in New York City don't have guns, there are, a, you know, a, more than you have in other cities, like slashings or stabbings on the subway. And while those are awful, people typically survive them. And what you, you, I've heard about one time in my entire life, and I think it was in Japan, is a mass stabbing. Not a lot of 37 people stabbed by the same assailant. Not, not really a thing, typically. And so, yeah, uh, I don't even remember the question. Sorry. <laughs> that is our guy, Nick Wright, joining us on the show today. Nick, you know what? I'm going to text you the text line so you can see it. No, no. You don't want no, the text line. No, you're not. I don't need that hell. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying is I got to read the text line. I just, well, you no, said you most don't. of this stuff. So, would, now, so now you can I do would, this and now you got to leave me I with the text line. I would shut it down. I would shut it down for the day. Um, I, but listen, believe it or not, I love you with all my heart, Kansas City. Uh, I really, 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 really do. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm very, very sad for the city today, but I don't want – my, my sadness, I don't think, can do anything. 
my righteous, indignant anger maybe, maybe can move a few people. Thanks, CDOT. Absolutely. That's my guy, Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1 joining us on the show today. Nick, I appreciate you, my brother. Of course. Be safe. Talk to you later. Absolutely. That's Nick Wright joining us on the show today. Let's react to what we just heard coming up on the other side. It's The Drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Typically, And so, yeah, uh, I don't even remember the question. Sorry. <laughs> That is our guy, Nick Wright, joining us on the show today. Nick, you know what? I'm going to text you the text line so you can see it. No, no. You don't want the text line. No, you're not. I don't need that hell. I I mean, I'm just saying is I got to read the text line. I just see you said most of this stuff. So now now you can do this and now you got to leave me with the text line. I would shut it down for the day. Um, Listen, believe it or not, I love you with all my heart, Kansas City. Uh, I really, 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 really do. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm very, very sad for the city today, but I don't want my, my sadness, I don't think can do anything. My righteous, indignant anger, maybe, maybe can move a few people. Thanks. C-Dot. Absolutely. That's my guy, Nick Wright of first things first and FS one joining us on the show today. Nick, I appreciate you, my brother. Of course. Be safe. Talk to you later. Absolutely. That's Nick Wright joining us on the show today. Let's react to what we just heard coming up on the other side. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Timmy, everybody. Great job. Next up, we have Samantha. Ten times better performance can make a big difference. Castrol Edge Motor Oil gives your engine ten times better high-temperature performance. Castrol Edge, better oil for maximum performance. Now through March 4th, get five quarts of Castrol Edge or Edge High Mileage Full Synthetic and an oil filter for 30 at AutoZone. Claim based on Sequence 3H test versus API SP test limits. Well, it's the last thing I had to teach you. Ready for your big move? Yeah. Hey, thanks for this, Dad. real life isn't so scripted the connect with me app helps you navigate conversations with youth so you can have a better more meaningful connection the connect with me app is free on the app store and google play learn more about connect with me at connectwithmeapp.com 
brought to you by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. The best deals at the pump happen when you shop the aisles of Hy-Vee with help from the first Warm 5 weather team. This is KCTV5 Chief Meteorologist Luke Doris. Watch KCTV5 Sunday night at 10 for our official high temperature. Whatever it was on Sunday means you save on Monday with your Hy-Vee Perks card. If the high was 63 degrees, you save 63 cents a gallon when you spend at least $63. Watch First Warn 5 weather on KCTV 5 this Sunday at 10. Hey, it's Kling. There are many reasons I love Hy-Vee. The great values, the selection, the service, and I love to rack up fuel savers. And you can as well. Shop Hy-Vee on Monday, earn a fuel discount equal to the high temperature on Sunday and the amount you spend. If the high is 68 degrees on Sunday, I'll save 68 cents per gallon when I spend $68 on Monday. Heat up the savings every Monday through April 29th only at Hy-Vee. Must look up code 80007 to check out or promo code heat up when shopping online. See store for details. Erectile dysfunction affects many men in America today, but it's not just the man who's affected, it's also often their partner. But successful treatment of ED can truly bring relationships back to life. This is Jeff, the CEO of Promenic Restorative Men's Health, and that's why I'm pleased to announce the opening of our second location of Heartland Men's Health right here in Independence, Missouri. As a Promenic affiliate, Heartland Men's Health is a part of a group that has successfully treated tens of thousands of men over the last decade with treatments that are shown in medical studies to be effective in well over 90% of men. And unlike wave therapy groups or online pill sellers, we offer a variety of treatments to help you get the results you want. You could even find you're performing like you haven't in years. So call Heartland Men's Health today. Your initial visit is only $99 and includes a medical consult, blood work, and if medically advised, a test dose. And if that test dose doesn't work in the office, your visit is free. Call 844-447-6600 or go to heartlandmenshealth.com. That's heartlandmenshealth.com. Hey, you know, living in the country or in a small town has its benefits. You know your neighbors, you got breathable air, life is good, but slow internet is kind of the way it goes out here. Your video calls are laggy, websites load at a snail's pace. Well, there's one company that can help us folks out here. They're called Whisper, like Whisper, without the H. They bring high-speed internet to rural places. No contracts, no hidden fees. With a satisfaction guarantee money, check them out at Whisper ISP. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio from the Mission Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling Studios. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. 
And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the sounds of a dynasty. For the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. The official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay. I'm just going to start talking, Rob. I don't know how long I will be talking, and then at the end, we will just end the segment and we will move forward with the show as planned. I want to maybe respond to a couple of texts that we have received in the last 30 minutes or so, and then I'll start my soliloquy. Someone said, CDOT, you didn't want to talk about guns, yet you hosted a gun reform town hall on your show. I at least want to be clear about one thing. Nick Wright will always have the platform on this show to come and get takes off about whatever the subject is. So I think you kind of knew that when you knew Nick was coming on the show today. I mean, if you were aware of the Nick Wright content, what he had to say didn't really surprise me that much. But hey, if you say you want to come on the show and you got something you want to say, you, you tell me what time you want to come on the show today. We moved things around to make sure that Nick had time on the show today. You guys know my relationship with Nick, so that's number one. Number two, someone said, please don't block people for their views. I will say this. I have blocked one person because I think some of this, people are using this conversation to get some of their racism off, and I'm not really here for that. But I do not have any reason to block anybody on the text line. I am allowed to get my opinion off. You are allowed to get your opinion off. I am not here to block a single person on the text line. You guys know the rules. Do not be racist. Do not be homophobic. Don't spam the text line. As long as you don't do those things, you are free to text just about anything else that you want. It does not bother me in the least bit. I've done this thing for a long enough time. I think this is my frustration, and this is just me and me alone, and I have told you guys this whole time, I am not here to lecture you about guns. I don't know a whole lot about guns. I made the decision in my life to stay away from them, so I am not knowledgeable. Now, I think sometimes when we have these conversations, the people that do know a whole lot then point to people like me, and if you have an opinion, now it comes into some, you got to know make, model, you got to know everything. It's like if you're trying to talk sports with somebody, and now I'm trying to quiz you on the 1972 Chiefs. Like, hold on, I don't got to know the 1972 Chiefs to have a football conversation. Would you like, we can just talk about football, right? But no, who is the coach? All right, never mind. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I do think it turns into that a little bit, but that's not what this is going to be. This is my number one frustration, disappointment, heartbreak about all of this. These incidents continue to happen in our country, and yet we collectively, this is not a Nick, this is not a you, we all have the same conversation over and over. I assure you, any point that you have made about why Wednesday happened has been made numerous times, whether it is the, well, if criminals only have guns, or what about fathers, or what about video games and music, I promise you, 
another person has made that point at some point in your life. And I am not here to criticize that point. I am not here to even say that that does not play a factor in what happened on Wednesday. But can't we as a nation, as a society, can't we acknowledge that we have had enough incidents that we all keep making the same arguments? And instead of trying to find a solution, we usually do exactly what we are doing now. You make your point. People like Nick make their point. We argue about it for a couple of days, and then we all move on until the next time more people get shot. I am simply tired of that and choose to do my absolute best to stay out of that conversation and that back and forth. Something feels wrong to me. It seems wrong to me, but I don't know if we collectively as a country are ready to come together to do the work to try to find some kind of solution. I've given up in a lot of ways, and that sounds bad. It sounds terrible. I have just come to the conclusion, and I used to feel like, man, I got a voice. I got a platform. I got to say how I feel. Man, I don't care about that. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. Y'all don't care about that. We will all talk about this. We will all make the same points that we have been making time and time again about this. In a couple of days, no one will want to talk about it anymore. We will move on. We'll go back to our lives We'll buy a T-shirt that says Kansas City Strong. We'll give a little bit of money to a GoFundMe. We'll change our Facebook status. We'll do all the things you're supposed to do. That'll eventually wear off, and then we'll wait for the next time something like this happens, and then we'll repeat process. And I personally am just tired of it. And I have just made the decision of I try not to engage with it as much as possible. I know how I feel. You know how I feel. We've had these conversations to know that however I feel is not going to change how you feel about it. And in the end, what power do I have to change anything? What power? I don't mean to come off as defeatist, but I would dare anybody to tell me that I am wrong on what's going to happen moving forward. We will be in this same place again, and maybe it is not at a championship parade. Next time it might be at a mall. Next time it might be at a carnival. I I don't know where it's going to be. I can't predict. But I assure you that we will have the same debates and you will make the same arguments about they don't ban cars or they don't ban not that we're going to be in the same place again and nothing's going to get solved and more people are going to die. So, Rob, that's at least where I am. You're I, I want you to get how you feel off, but I just feel very beaten down by the entire process of it, like very, very beaten down. I mean, I think we're largely in the same same vein. I'm I'm very beaten down. I also think it has become probably the most polarizing topic in our country. Is that fair to say? Because it happens and it becomes a go to your corner, whether you lean left, lean right, you run to your corner and you explain your side. And I think the tragedies that happen are obviously the saddest part. But what frustrates or saddens me is in the aftermath of these nuances dead. There is no gray. There is Right or left, black or white, zero or 100. And we never, ever meet in the middle. We never go out of our way to be like, hey, that's a good point by you. We disagree. And then the other person says, hey, that's a good point by you. We may disagree. But instead of doing that, we just run to our respective sides of whatever we are, liberal, Republican. It doesn't matter. We just sprint to our corner and we yell and scream and nothing ever gets done because fixing things happens in the middle. Fixing things is compromise, and I feel like 
the harsh reality is that after these sad events in Kansas City or name another town that's happened in, we run to our corner both on the national level and the local level, and we just scream and shout until we all run out of energy. And once we're all out of energy, it just disappears, like you've said, and we go about our business. I wish we could have compromise. I wish we could have nuance. There are people in text line right now I disagree with, but I'm open to the conversation that maybe it was something I think is wrong or something that they think is right. I'm, I'm cool with conversation, but it feels like in these moments it's person X said thing about guns I disagree with. I'm going to scream and shout, and then after we both peter out of screaming and shouting, it's over and done. So I agree with you. It's exhausting. I'm kind of over it. I'm broken by it because I feel like the middle ground, which is where we can actually make change as a country, maybe leaning right, maybe leaning left. I don't know what change looks like. We don't ever get to that middle ground because all we can do is just stand in our respective corners and lob angry barbs at one another until we're both tuckered out. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, sadly, it sounds like you don't care. You have a platform to change minds, but it sounds like you were scared to lose listeners more than trying to get this country to change. You are certainly entitled to feel that way. Bro, somebody walked into a school and shot 22 kids. Like, I, I just, I, I understand my platform and to change minds, and I certainly respect the platform that I have to change your minds on a lot of things. I assure you that there is no argument I'm going to make that you have never heard before. This happens too frequently. This is not the first time that you have heard anything I feel on this issue. I know it's not. Even right now on the text line, CDOT, I come here every day to listen to you guys and get away from my problems and negativity in my life, and here you are continuing to talk about it. Can we please talk about something positive like the Chiefs? Okay, I mean, I we're already at that point. It's... Not even the end of the day on Friday. And I get it. I, I try to avoid these topics, but, I mean, this happened. This happened less than a mile from where I live. Less than a mile. I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out on the other side. Come right back. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Someone on the text line said, what controversial topic are you going to debate next? I want to be clear. I wasn't debating anything. I wasn't debating anything. I also want to communicate to you right now that I do not care about your opinion on this anymore. So if you're still texting in from earlier, I'm just here to tell you that I am not reading. I don't care. Might sound bad, but I'm just I'm I'm here to be honest with you guys. I try to be honest with you guys. I don't care. I muted the text line a long time ago. I'm all right. I'm good. No thanks. No thanks. We can get back to sports. We can get back to it. I'm happy to get back to it. If you guys want to get back to it, I'm willing to get back to it. I'm ready. I'm there. That was the plan. And then Nick came and derailed the plan. That's the most off the rails he took since me trying to get my college diploma. 
Have you ever heard that story, Rob? I I know that you worked for him and then did not return to school to continue to work for him. No, That's I dropped version. out of school. Honestly, I uh, I don't have I ever told you the story about how I started working for Nick. I've heard about the internship. I don't know about yeah, the actual so work. Work. This was uh, the summer of conference realignment, and uh, I helped get Indomitian Sue on the show. And I got called into the, the boss's office. Our boss at that time, his name was Ryan McGuire. And Ryan McGuire looked at me and he was like, Nick listens to you. He trusts you. I'm going to hire you. And I was so excited, man. I felt like I just got signed to a record label. I was ready to drop out of school right then and there and work at 610. And Nick was like, no, don't do it. Finish school. I had one year left. So I was finishing my internship. I handed Nick all my paper. I was going to graduate on time. Nick never turned my paper in, man. Never got any credit. All the the two summers I interned, didn't get any credit for it. None. If he had done that, I mean, I probably still wouldn't have graduated then, but I could have finished here in Kansas City and and got my diploma certainly a lot sooner than what I did. Yeah, no, that's the most uh, off track he's uh, put my life since, uh, since then, since he didn't fill out that paperwork. I will say that Missouri Southern was very, very helpful in me going back to get my degree and they understood the situation. Now, I think the fact that I'm, you know, one of their notable alumni is also pretty help, helped pretty big. They even honored me at a basketball game one time. Rob, I don't even know if I told you that or not. They had me come out on the court and wave to everybody, and I got a standing ovation. It was great. Was Boshi the coach at the time? He was. There you go. He was the coach. He came on the show to talk about it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was. Now you now you guys are beefing again, right? Because he went to the enemy. Yeah, now he coaches at Pitt State. I'm not fooling with Jeff Boshi. I'm not fooling with him. He's a traitor. That's what he is. He's a traitor. You can't be coaching at Missouri Southern and then quit to take the Pitt State job. You can't quit the Missouri job and then just take the Kansas job. No, you got to go somewhere else first, and then you can take that job. You can't instantly do that. No, that's not how it works. That is the uh, very, very short uh, story that I have about uh, about my um, my career and my relationship with Nick Wright. Someone said, do you block me? I don't know how many times I can tell you guys this. You can only get blocked for three things. So if you didn't do any of those three things, then I assure you, you have not been blocked. Just keep this in your mind. If you ever text, you can call me a really terrible name on the text line and I will get over it. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Do not spam the text line. Those are the only three rules. If you want to call me a blanking idiot, or a really inappropriate C-word, I will get over it. I might tell you, chill out, but I will not block you for that. And that's it, and we'll move forward. If you don't do that, there is nothing you can text that I will block you for. That is one of the very few rules that we have on the show. We don't have any other rules. Can you think of any other rules, Rob, that we have on the show? I can't think of any. I don't have any. That's the top one I can think of rules-wise. Someone said, what if I don't like coming to America? All right, that's different. That also would be added to the rules. Yeah, that was, come on now. Somebody caught me on the wrong day. I, I don't even know who that person was, but if we're having a conversation about comedies and then you say coming to America is not funny, I mean, what, what do you want me to do with this information other than I don't want to hear, if you don't think coming to America is funny, I don't want to hear your opinion on any other topic. I don't want to hear your opinion on the Chiefs. I don't want to hear your opinion on nothing. No, I don't ever want to hear it if you don't think the coming America is funny. Someone on the said, since everyone uses the same text line, could the person be blocked by another show? 
Yes, I mean, another show could block you, and you were then blocked from the drive. Yeah, I mean, you were just, you're just out. You're just out for the whole station. You're done. You're cooked. Those are the only rules. That's it. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, whenever you start talking about spring training, give me a little bit, all right? Sometime next week, I imagine we'll talk about spring training. I haven't, I haven't thought about anything other than the Chiefs and what happened on Wednesday since it happened. I don't even know when spring training starts. Are we going to talk about Missouri's conference record, or is that also off limits? I mean, they're not good. I mean, I don't. What do you want me to? <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't know what. What take do you want me to have about Missouri? Did I tell you that I bet on Missouri in conference play? So I did a two-team parlay. This is a true story. I can show you the slip. So when Kansas was playing Houston, I used them like an odds boost because I knew they were going to win. I knew they were going to win. I wasn't worried about it. So then Missouri, they were a one-point favorite over Vanderbilt. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. I flip a coin, one-point game. I put a decent amount of money on I'm like, hey, they're not going to lose every single conference game. No, they lost. No, they lost. I actually know that story because we were texting and you said you should ride with me. Houston, Kansas is free money. <laughs> Let's parlay with the odds boost and we'll hit on Mizzou. No, that's what I felt. I no, didn't hit on Mizzou. That's what I felt. Text you at half on the Mizzou game like you're screwing me. You're killing me. No, that's uh, that's what hurt. Um, it was not fun. I was not. I was. Uh, I was. It was not good. I do want to talk about this, and we'll get back to sports at the bottom of the hour. I don't have. It in me right now to just pivot right to a give me a hard McCole Hardman take. McCole Hardman, by the way, is enjoying his 15 minutes. He was on what? He was on Jimmy Fowler or Kimmel? Kimmel, which one was it? He was on one of Kimmel. those two he's shows. He's on Kimmel. And he's going to be at the NBA All-Star game. He's playing in the uh, in the celebrity game today. Is he on Stephen A's team or is he? I don't know. I just He's on one of the two teams. He's on one of the two. Can you bet on who the celebrity game MVP is? Because I... I'm telling you, I think McCole Harbin might play hard today. I think McCole Harbin could be diving on the floor for loose balls. You're telling me that you get invited to a cool influencer kind of event? Oh, McCole Harbin, I mean, going crazy today. He's going to pick up a couple of friends on Call of Duty. And I'm telling you, he's about to give the celebrity game 13 and 6 assists today with 5 rebounds. I can feel it happening. Rob, what is your... I'm stressed, decompress. Like, what is yours? Like, this has been a stressful last three days. I think we all can agree with that. We might not agree on a lot right now, but we can definitely agree that the last couple of days have been stressful. What is your, man, you know what? It's been a hard day. It's been a tough day. How do you get yourself out of it? I'm a big nap person. I had to make a list. Naps are really high on my list, but I mean, I'm not taking a nap after work. If you take a nap after work, that you just went to bed early. That's you don't take a nap in that scenario. And I'm a big Law and Order guy. Come on, you know that. It's something about seeing Olivia Benson solve a crime that just that just instantly puts me back in a good mood. I mean, I'll be in a bad mood when it starts. Like, man, how could you do that? But then I see Olivia come in there, and Olivia has that look of determination on her face. Oh, she's gonna solve this crime. You're going to solve it in an hour. I'm going to see the arrest, and I'm going to see that person get prosecuted and brought to justice in an hour. I love it every time. I know what's going to happen. Love it every time. So first things first, I did some Googles. You can offshore bet on the Celebrity Weekend All-Star Game MVP. 
McCole Hart was a late ad and is not available on the oh, board. Oh, who's the favorite to win it? C.J. Stroud. Oh, C.J. going to be trying hard, too. <laughs> Did you know that C- I just saw a, a clip? I was watching it during the commercial break. C.J. Stroud, they think he is dating Amber Rose. C.J. Stroud is plus 150. Micah Parsons plus 450. Meta World Peace plus 900. Three betting favorites. The athletes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Did you watch it last year with D.K. Metcalf? DK Metcalf, like, you know he's athletic, but seeing it in that sense, oh, my goodness. He was incredible. For my decompress, I mean, honestly, it's a lot of, like, mindless shows that I've seen a bunch of times, but I enjoy and make me laugh. You know, like an Always Sunny or a Curb Your Enthusiasm or a Seinfeld. Law Order never, rarely makes me laugh. No, it's different. No, We're different people. You just kind of, you know, you lock into it. I just need something where it's like, if I'm half paying attention, I'm good. If I'm paying attention, I'm good. I just need something. I call it my mindless TV. I, a nice Curb episode really just cleanses the palate. That's what Fresh Prince does to me. Mm. No, Fresh Prince is that show for me. I just It just makes me laugh every time. It's always funny. You know what I can tell you is not stress re- it's relieving? Wedding planning. That is my life the next mm. four months. When's that coming up? I know it's coming up in June, right? Well, yeah, four months. I, I don't know if I told you guys this. Uh, so Rob and I, so Rob, I get a, Rob a Christmas gift every year. So this year, he and his fiance wanted to go see Mariah Carey. So I got him two tickets to go see Mariah Carey at Sprint Center. And let me tell you, I don't know who was more excited about it, him or Caroline. They both were very, very thrilled. And he was like, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I only want one thing for Christmas. I only want one thing. You and her both have to come to a high school basketball game. You should have saw the look on Ross. He's like, do I have to? Yes. that's. You asked me what I wanted. I thought it was a bit when you first said it. No, it's serious. We're planning it right now. We have to go to one. I want you to sit in the student section, too. I want you to do all the cheers with them, too. I want you to, to, to really be, I want you to go back to Blue Valley Northwest, your old stomping grounds. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go to your old stomping grounds. I want you to show me where your old locker was. That's what I want to see. I want you to give me the full tour of Blue Valley Northwest before we go see them play. That's all I want for Christmas. Your time is running out. And if you don't do it, I'm sending you a Venmo request for the money you owe me. <laughs> I'm sending you a Venmo request. You owe me money. You owe me some money. If you don't do your part, that's all you have to do. Someone said, did Rob get you Kansas tickets in return? No, Rob has actually never gotten me Kansas tickets before, even though he is a Kansas season ticket holder. The only time that Rob has even offered me Kansas tickets, it's always one of those terrible games in November. Every time. I gave you the UMKC tickets if you wanted them, and you said it's, no. I'm saying, it's always one of those. Like, hey, do you want to go to the game tonight? Who are they playing? Uh, IUPUI. Rob, no, I don't want to go to that. You think I'm driving to Lawrence to watch them play IUPUI? I don't mind going to Lawrence. They better be playing Indiana, not Indiana, whatever the IU. I don't know what IUPUI stands for. I'm not going to see them play basketball against them. You know that. That's the only time Rob has ever offered me tickets to anything. Is a non-con Kansas basketball against a team that won't make the NCAA tournament. Some friend, some pal. I also offered to go around Lawrence and do the first time Missouri re- returned to Kansas, and you were like, I'm not going to that. You know, Conzo's going to get killed. Yeah, no, I, would, I don't have any interest in doing that. I shouldn't have went the last time. I shouldn't have went to the game they just had a few months ago. That wasn't very fun. Last question here, Rob, before we get back to very serious things. Uh, pizza Hut, they have a hot honey pizza and hot honey wings 
Does that sound good or bad? Because that actually sounds good, but doesn't sound good coming from Pizza Hut. You know my stance. I'd try it. I like honey on pizza every once in a while. I do too. So I I like spice. Hot honey sounds like it'd be worth it. You probably would have never guessed, but I also like honey on my pizza too. Do you like hot honey though? Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I've had a Joe's pizza night once or two, once or twice in my life. I don't mind it. That's like a, it's like Joe's Deli now, right? Or Guy's Deli or whatever. I haven't been there since they changed. It ain't the same. It ain't the same feeling, man. We losing recipes. They're also closing Dave's. Have you been to Dave's Stagecoach down in Westport? It's been open for seventy years. It's closing. I I haven't been there recently, but I have been there. I don't know if you're from Kansas City. If you haven't been there, like Taylor Swift, you've done a lot of great things for Kansas City. Have you been to Dave's Stagecoach? If you have, you're not from Kansas City. Is that more Kansas City than trying to walk up that ramp at Kelly's and tripping? She's got to do both. <laughs> she's got to do both. <laughs> she's got to do both. Can they please just, can they rope off Buzzard Beach so Taylor Swift can go one time? She's got to go to all the Westport bars one time. She can't really be from, she, she's now one of us, but unless she does a Harpo's, Joe's Pizza, Buzzard Beach lap, she can't, she can't really be one of us. Or they got to let her turn on the Plaza Lights. Then she can officially be one of us. We'll get back to very serious sports things coming up. Keep right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. to talk about and nate taylor's gonna join us in a little bit look at the way things work out breaking news from ian rapaport rob didn't even hit the sound rob ain't even on his job right now sources the chiefs have picked up the option on all pro defensive tackle chris jones contract retaining the right to franchise tag him and paying him 4.25 million dollars he earned in incentives what a day for chris jones It was more timing than anything, as Jones was due the money regardless. If not tagged, he will be free. The franchise tag for Chris Jones will be $32 million. Now, a couple of things. Number one, I know what you are about to say. I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. They could just tag and trade him. Out of the last 20 players who have been franchise tagged, two have been traded. It is going to be incredibly difficult to trade Chris Jones for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's owed $32 million. Number two, you have communicated to the rest of the league that you don't want to pay this player based on what happened last offseason. Other teams see that. You had a chance to pay this player. You made the decision to not pay him, and that is certainly your choice to not pay him. But I don't know if now you're going to have the ability to to convince another team, hey, you know what, we franchise tagged him, and, I mean, we're going to throw you this deal. I mean, we still want a first-round pick for him or a second-round pick, but you don't have to negotiate with them in free agency. If I'm the Lions, I'm simply saying, well, just cut him then. I mean, not cut him. He's not under contract. But you get what I'm saying? Well, 
You either are going to pay him the $32 million or you're going to let him walk free and go play for whatever team he wants to play for. For those of you that maybe don't have an understanding of what the $32 million is that's fully guaranteed that would be this season, if he gets franchise tagged at $32 million, which I imagine he will, that will make him the second highest paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. Number one is Nick Bosa, who signed a five-year, $170 million deal and got 34, it gets 34 a year. And number two is Aaron Donald at three years, $95 million, a little bit less than $32 million. I like Chris Jones. I like Chris Jones a lot. He's not the second best non-quarterback in the National Football League. I don't think that you can reach a contract negotiation or enter one that that starts at the baseline. The baseline is he makes more than Aaron Donald. And if you're him, the conversation is then, I want to get paid more than Nick Bosa. I don't think that you can reach a long-term extension. And, Rob, I want to get your take on this. I don't think you can reach a long-term negotiation with Chris Jones that makes him anything less than the highest-paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. There's not a lot of wiggle room left. Like, where's the negotiation? If you owe me $32 million before we ever sit down and have the conversation, and number one is $34 million, I want $35 million a year. That's how much I'm worth. That's how much I'm worth. You guys owe me, if you franchise tag, you owe owe me this money anyway. So any contract, you know what, throw a couple more million on there. I want to get $35 million per. I want a guaranteed third year because we heard that was also a big sticking point for Chris Jones. It wasn't just about getting the two years guaranteed. I want that third year guaranteed too, which would get me close to $100 million guaranteed in this deal. Bosa got $88 million guaranteed. I want to be in that range. So I'm not taking less guaranteed money than Bosa got, and I'm not taking less per year than him. That's what franchise tagging Chris Jones means. I don't think you can do that if you're the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs can tag Jones. I agree with you. But I think it's interesting today, other than the housekeeping of it, that they had to get it done because he's going to get that $4 million regardless. I think it's interesting they retain the right to do it because now this creates a larger window to negotiate. Because, Carrington, me and you both know how it works. Between basically now and the end of, you know, the start of the next league year, which is March something or other, you can negotiate a long-term extension. You have a longer window to do that if you so choose to tag a player. You'll remember the Orlando Brown negotiation went up until and through an entire season because they were trying to extend a long-term deal. It went into July. We've seen this with Chris Jones in the past. Like, I think the money itself is housekeeping, and I think they're unlikely to have him play the 24 season on the tag. What's interesting to me is they've now given themselves a larger window of time to potentially tag and negotiate because it seems like they are more fond of Chris Jones than they are of Legereus Sneed. And I think if you see in the coming days... I don't know if that's fair to say, and I'm sorry to cut you off here. I I do want you to finish. I don't know what that's fair to say because up to this point, they've never had to make a decision about Legereus Need. He's always been under a rookie contract. They have now exhausted that rookie contract, and now you got to make a decision on what you're doing. Chris Jones' contract 
This is what the fourth time his contract has come up since he's been on the Chiefs. They, th- th- this is going to be the third time they have franchise tagged Chris Jones if they do it. All That's why you got to pay the hundred and forty percent because it's the third time that you tag the player. So I, I don't know if it's fair to say that they like Jones more than they like Snead. They have never been forced to make a decision on Snead. They could just ride out that rookie deal, and now that deal has come up, and now you have two very important players that they are now at the intersection of it. I would say, Carrington, you and I both know how the NFL works. Have we heard any rumors, any rumblings, any reports, anything of that nature the Chiefs were negotiating a long-term deal with Ajiri Snead? It's very rare a guy that gets a long-term extension with the team he's already playing on goes into the final year of his deal without any sort of report, speculation, conversation, nothing. Like, there was no Rappaport tweet last February. Hey, the Chiefs begun preliminary discussions with a long-term deal with Jarius Need. There was no June hate the dead time. James Palmer says the Chiefs are interested in keeping Jarius Need no, long-term. Hear about you don't hear year. anything about it. You rarely, if ever, in the NFL, go into the final year of your deal being like, hey, if I play it out and play great, I know there's a long-term deal with this team on the backside. Meanwhile, Chris Jones' conversations happen all the time, like you said. That's why I think they're more interested in Jones than Snead, and they now did some housekeeping money-wise to open up the possibility that in four days, when the tag window opens, they can tag Jones and use the next five months to lock him in long-term, which is what I believe is going to happen. I think they're going to tag Jones. They're going to use between now and report day in July or whatever day that is in July when the tag has to be extended or whatever. I think they're going to try to get a long-term deal done with Jones, and I think on March, whatever the date of the new year is, you're going to see a breaking news story, Rappaport, Schefter, whoever, Legereus Need gets the bag from insert Team X. That team is not going to be Kansas City. Someone on the text line says, hey, CDOT, can they are if they tag and trade Chris Jones, can the new team not negotiate a new contract with him? I'm not giving the Chiefs a first or a second round pick so we can exclusively negotiate with Chris Jones to make him the highest paid player in the National Football League that doesn't play quarterback. Because that's what the tag and trade would mean here. The tag means the floor makes him the second highest paid non-quarterback in the league. You want to talk about leverage. If I know that you have signed up for that and you also gave the Chiefs a first or a second round deal because less than that, it's not worth it. You're going to get a third round pick and a compensatory pick back anyway. So we are talking about a first or a second round pick. I am not giving the Chiefs a first or a second round pick for Chris Jones. I'm not. I would be very, very surprised if there was a team that did or was willing to do that. And I know that Chris Jones is a phenomenal player, first-team All-Pro, potential Hall of Famer. We also know the business of the NFL. And Chris Jones is he is going to be 30 years old in July. He'll be 30 years old when your team takes the field the next time. I'm giving that. I'm, it's, it's one thing to sign him to a deal. I don't have any problem with you signing him to a deal. I got to give you a first-round pick for that guy, too. I think it's going to be very, very difficult. You could do it with Snead. Like, if you wanted to do a tag and trade with Snead, I think that's far more likely, far more possible. The Snead deal is not that bad by high-end NFL standards. Like, Rob, what do you think is the most Snead gets in a deal? 19 to 20 It's probably the most he gets? I was going to say Jair Alexander. That's I mean, Jones the most. is talking like, – 
let's say best case scenario for Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. Chris Jones is going to make $15 million more than he is next season. So if you want to really play this thing out, Chiefs fans, would you rather have Chris Jones next year on your team or would you rather have Sneed plus a high-end wide receiver? Because that is the difference in the amount of money that we are talking about. We are talking about you could sign Sneed to a long-term deal, and with the money that you could have gave to Chris Jones, you could probably go get Calvin Ridley if you want to. You can probably take one really good swing at wide receiver. You probably don't get T. Higgins. But with this wide receiver group, you're going to probably be able to find somebody in that 9 to $11 million range, 12 on the absolute high end. And we're not even talking about surprise cuts and players that all of a sudden pop up. It's like, oh, wow, you can get Adam Thielen. Oh, wow, you can get DeAndre Hopkins, which we obviously know is going to happen. So this window starts on the 20th, so next Tuesday. So right when we get back after President's Day, this window opens, and you have two weeks. You have until March 5th to make a decision about what you want to do to franchise tag a player. I do think they're going to use the tag. I just think we disagree on who that player is going to be, and I think they're using it on Sneed. And again, maybe it's just housekeeping, and the Chiefs are giving him his money, and it's just a small move, and it's just that time of year where small moves become big notes. But I do think it's noteworthy that they went out of their way to retain his franchise tag rights. Because if they weren't going to franchise tag him, if they're going to do what you're saying they're doing, and they're going to franchise tag Sneed, then what's it matter to retain the rights on Jones? He's going to walk in a month anyway. Yeah. So why why retain that right? Who cares if you do or don't want to tag him if you plan on walking on him? I just think it's nowhere they said we want that option back in our court. That just doesn't say nothing to me. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, with this news, could they get a deal done with Jones and still tag Snead? I mean, you obviously could. You could reach a long-term extension with Chris Jones or Snead and still keep the franchise tag available. I probably would be more inclined to do this. I'm trying to think because both of them are almost in identical situations and both situations are pretty good. I'm thinking about if I'm Sneed and I am a 27-year-old corner who has been fairly healthy for the most part and is coming off the best season of my life. I really want to hit free agency. That's a guy... Like, Sneed is a player, and Jones is the same player. Sneed is a player that when you see the notification that he got signed, or when you were watching NFL Live and the news comes across that Sneed just signed with the Houston Texans, and you see that deal, you're going to say, wow, Sneed got paid. He is a really talented, versatile corner that is coming off the best year of his life. That guy has never lost in free agency. Never. Not one time. So I don't think it's a bad uh, scenario for either player if they just simply walked in free agency. If you're Jones and you finally get the opportunity to talk to every team in the league, that's not the worst thing that could happen. And if you're Sneed, that's probably honestly the best thing that could happen. Because as much as I think Kansas City appreciates Sneed, if he hits the open market, a team is going to clearly outbid Kansas City where Sneed is joining that team. You can hear it in his voice by what he said to Kay Adams a couple of days ago on uh, on FanDuel. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. I just... 
He's a corner. He's a really good corner. He's 27. He's 27 years old. The Texan is saying, hey, CDOT, Snead has knee problems. I mean, he's played in 15 games, 17 games, and 16 games the last three seasons, all the playoff games. I, I mean, he's a football player. Something physically is wrong with him, but I, injuries have not kept him off the field these last couple of years, and he has been incredible these last few years for the Chiefs. I, that is a guy that his stock is going to be very, very high if he hits the open market, and they are going to be at a minimum of seven teams that are very, very interested in having Legereus Need join their team, especially if you were a team that has a quarterback on a rookie deal. Like, you're going to be very, very interested. Hey, you know what? We don't have the quarterback play to maybe match up with Kansas City, but let's try to build our defense. Let's go get a veteran, a guy who's played in championship games, played well in big games, and he'll, and he'll be a, a building block for us and a foundational piece. Like, you don't got to do a whole lot of work to talk yourself into Sneed being your big free agent play. Can I ask you a question about Sneed? And maybe this is, we're up against a break, so a bad question to ask in a tight window. Can you explain to me why he's not becoming the pariah Chris Jones was last offseason? Because Chris Jones last offseason said, I want my money. I want to be paid proper value. I want 30. That was the number that came out. He wanted 30. Legereus Sneed, two days after the parade, is on Up and Adams saying, pay me. Pay me, pay me, pay me. I want to get paid. Do you think over the next month, month and a half, if he doesn't resign in Kansas City, he'll be viewed as the guy who chose money over the team the same way Chris Jones was? Because he's not nearly catching the backlash for saying that that Chris Jones caught when he said the same thing. No, I don't think that. I think some of it is everything that happened after the parade. So this interview happened yesterday. I think that's a major part of it as well. Also... I mean, there is a major difference in you saying this, and I understand this. Snead is not hurting for money. He was a mid-round draft pick. He signed a four-year, $3.9 million deal. Now, he has probably made a little bit more than that. You know how the NFL is. If you're a mid-round pick, you can make money based on your production. Let's say at most, Snead has made $6 million in his career. Let's just say that. Let's say in the most, he's made $6 million. Well, Chris Jones was coming off a four-year, $80 million deal. And I think the difference is Chris Jones was still under contract last year and just wasn't coming to work. Sneed was coming to work every single day, and now his contract is up. You can do whatever you want when your contract is up. Now, if they franchise tag you and then he's choosing to not come, I think that changes it. But I don't think Sneed said anything wrong. I am now a free agent. It is like the ball is now on your court. Either you will franchise tag me that at a minimum guarantees I make $18 million next year, or you don't, and now you let me go talk to any team that's willing to pay me what the market says that he's worth. And the market says that he's Jair Alexander. The market says that he's Marlon Humphrey. The market says that he is one of the top corners in the league. And I understand the Chiefs and paying the Patrick Mahomes tax. If you can't have love for a guy who has done everything right over the last four years, been healthy, held it down, and has only made $4 million in his league career, six at the absolute most, him wanting to cash out from playing football, then I, I just don't know what we're doing here. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined in studio by Nate Taylor. The breaking news, the Chiefs have, what's the official term for this? Let me read it one more time. I'm trying to make picked sure. Picked up I, the option, I believe, is the term. They have picked up the option on Chris Jones, which gives them the ability to franchise tag him. So they have paid him his incentives. He made an extra $4.25 million this year in incentives. Congratulations to him. And now we are 
days away from the clock starting. The franchise tag window starts next Tuesday, and it goes for two weeks. They have two big decisions on hand. They have the decision with Chris Jones, also the decision with uh, with Legereus Need. We'll talk to Nate Taylor about that next. Keep right here. It's the drive. He spends all of his fall and winter at Arrowhead. In Arrowhead, Chiha, Kiha, wherever stays. <laughs> and is plugged into the Chiefs like no one else. I'm just letting everybody know, Vince thinks he's a star. It's 4 o'clock on Friday, and Nate Taylor from The Athletic joins CDOT on the drive. Nate Taylor walked in. I was like, Nate, how you doing, man? He said, I'm here. You know, man, that's a mood that I appreciate. I'm here too, man. Yeah, man. How are you doing, man? It's good to see you. You look very equipped for the weather outside today. Like, I'm you trying. Look, you look like this was purposeful. Like you oh, looked for outside sure. and saw the snow and was like, disgusted. I got to go out there to talk football. <laughs> I don't want to do this, man. I'm tired of talking about football. I'm disgusted. Uh, so for our uh, listeners, yeah, I'm in uh, with some nice joggers, snow boots. Uh, flannel and a and a and a black vest. So you know, I'm I'm here. I'm trying to stay warm. I didn't want to put my big coat on. I understand that. I was like, no, no. Uh, that's right. It is February. Uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's what I did this morning. I was like, that's right. It is February. But now I took the boy to school. Um, you know. But yeah, man, I'm here. Uh, yeah, you know. Just, just happy to see you as well. Um, obviously, listen to you guys a lot on Wednesday and, and yesterday, um, and you know, trying to get into a, a a little bit of normalcy, you know, day by day. It is funny. I don't think I've asked anybody this. We didn't have a guest on Monday. Uh-huh. On Tuesday, we had the stadium information. That's so right. it was all baseball stuff. Right. I mean, that press conference from the Royals seems like it was two weeks ago. <laughs> seems like it was two weeks ago. Right. You were the first person I've asked this question to. How was the Super Bowl? Oh, the Super Bowl was, was like, fantastic. The, the game was... Uh, thrilling. I didn't have overtime. I saw somebody say who was there. I think Jonathan Jones. You know him. Yeah. With CBS uh-huh. I saw him say is, hey, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of these. This feels like a major event. Yeah. Just in Vegas with all the celebrities that were there. Mm-hmm. The dome. It's enclosed. I saw that. I was. You, you've been to multiple Super Bowls. But right. This one different than other ones. Yeah. This one. This one was a lot of fun. I mean. They told certain. They told the reporters, "Hey, man, don't, don't take photos of Taylor Swift when she's trying to come in the building." But we were like, "Have you been here all season?" Uh, like the Usher performance. Like, I haven't really thought a, a ton about that, but that was that was really fun. Um, that was thirty two minutes of just having a blast. Uh, you know, the game itself got off slow, which I understood. I thought it was going to be a low scoring game, um, and then obviously to watch. The Chiefs make every um, really to make every play in the fourth quarter in overtime to win was was pretty was pretty impressive when you consider just how talented San Francisco is and the fact that like Brock Purdy didn't really give you a lot of mistakes you know um, he didn't like rise above all the obstacles but he didn't do anything like bad or terrible I actually thought he played pretty well. And then on the other side, you're just watching the greatest quarterback any of us have ever seen. And all right, man, it's uh, first and ten from the twenty-five to win the Super Bowl. And he said, "Great." 
there will be no incompletions on this drive. And that that's the stat that kind of blows my mind is like they know you have four downs. You know it's overtime. Uh, Fred Warner's played really well today. Nick Bosa's kind of been around the football throughout. And it doesn't matter what play they do. Uh, cover two, uh, cover zero blitzes, a little bit of man coverage. It don't matter. He's just going to complete every pass and uh, not have an incompletion in the most important drive, perhaps of his career, let alone the season. Um, and so for them to win that way was really, um, it, it shouldn't be surprising, but it was still surprising to me because, like you said, we, we know the stakes of this, and this feels like a pretty massive moment for both teams and it's not every year that like hey we get an extra quarter out of this that was a cool thing too it was mm-hmm. like dang it's the last game of the season i'm already sad and then i look up and i'm like both teams are gonna get the ball and like we're gonna get like an extra 10 to 15 minutes of football and we did we basically got 15 free minutes so um that was really cool and i was glad that like no one got hurt because they had to play in the in, in overtime like no one had a serious injury out of regulation, but no, it was, it was a great experience. And, um, yes, yeah, the Super Bowl I won't forget just because, um, there were so many memorable moments and for all of its glitz and all of its glamor and the fact that it does not turn off, like Vegas had no issues putting that game on, had no issues with security. Um, people had a hell of a time. Like, I don't think there wasn't that many sad Niner fans. I mean, like obviously you want your team to win, but people are like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I'm in I'm in Las Vegas. I can go I can go do whatever I want now." So, it was um it was a great Super Bowl in in Vegas, you know. I'm I'm sure is going to get it every 4 to 5 years now moving forward. There's so many questions I could ask you. I guess the first question is, did you know the overtime rules? Yes. Because that would that would put yes. you in a rarity. Because that puts you ahead of anybody on San Francisco's team. You knew the overtime rules. I knew the overtime rules. Right. You knew the overtime rules. How in the world does Kyle Juszczyk not know the overtime right? rules? How does Eric Armstead not I know, know the overtime rules? And then say it out loud. No, no, baby, no. You ain't got to do that. Although I appreciate the honesty. Um, so I was sitting in the press box, obviously. Um, to my left was Adam Teicher of ESPN. Uh, to my right was uh, Blair Kirkhoff, Jesse Newell, Sam McDowell, and, and Vahe Gregarian of the Kansas City Star. And I turned to I turned to Sam and I said, does Cal Shanahan not watch college football? Why is he taking <laughs> the ball first? And, and McDowell was like, he was kind of like, like flabbergasted. He was like, I don't know. And... Yeah, man. Um, I I knew the I knew the overtime rules just because I remember all the you know I was at the owners' meetings when yeah. they changed the rules, right? So I remember how you know I like anytime I think of the owners' meetings, I'm like I remember when Sean Payton was basically like on his knees begging other billionaires to like change the pass interference rules after the debacle with the Niners or excuse me with the Rams and the and the Saints. And the other thing I remember is how Jerry Jones was like, well, you know, I think for TV dollars, more ad revenue, both teams get the ball. And I'm like, okay, okay, Jerry, (laughs) okay, cool. Like, so I did know the rule. Um, And it was crazy that, like, we hadn't really seen it until the biggest game of the year, like several years after they made that rule. Um, So, yeah, uh, I thought, I can't remember, was it Bill Vinovich who was like, both teams will possess the ball, da-da-da-da, unless defensive team scores. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, what? Like, 
you know, NFL films even caught Patrick kind of going like, like what? Um, so yeah, I guess Kyle Shanahan doesn't watch doesn't watch any college football games because anybody who watches college football on Saturdays understands that you never want the ball first. And that was the thing that was like, I don't know now if like you know we have so many more avenues to disagree with one another. Uh-huh. But I'm hearing people say you got to get ready for the third possession. What? Hold on. There are the two third possession. That's what, that's what Kyle Shanahan argued. I can play the audio for you. I'll play the audio. That's what Kyle Shanahan said. What are we talking about? Rob, let me about? find this real quick. Hold on. This is Kyle Shanahan is arguing that it gave them the advantage for the third possession. Listen to this. How? You know, there, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold until at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Oh, my God. The argument makes no sense to me Dear for this Lord, reason. Dear Lord, what are we doing? It makes, And I'm saying is people have been arguing this since then. How? There are two portions of overtime. Correct. There is the portion in which both of you get the ball yep. and then the sudden death portion yes you cannot win the game if you take the ball first and score first mm-hmm. it is impossible to win the game yes you can win the game if you get the ball second uh-huh you can win the game which we saw yes so why are you concerned about with the, not, the third not winning it in the first portion of overtime but having the advantage in the portion of overtime that is not guaranteed the logic makes absolutely no sense to me. And the and from an analytics standpoint, it's like you're not guaranteed that third position, yeah. Kyle. That's the did the analytics tell did the department tell you about that? You're not guaranteed like if you were guaranteed to get the third possession, That's okay. For you. Then we have a discussion to be had. But you're not guaranteed to get the third unless you punt, they punt. Field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Whatever. I get it, but like you're not guaranteed that. You're only guaranteed one possession. That's the only change they made in the rule book. Is that okay, in the postseason because somebody's season's going to end after this game, both teams should at least get the ball because Josh Allen had one of the most remarkable games that we've ever seen. He didn't get to touch the ball in the divisional round in the 2021 playoffs. Okay, I understand that. Secondly, And the thing that I came back to, and I wrote it in The Athletic, is they gave the best quarterback on earth four downs instead of the conventional three. Or, and the thing that I think more people should talk about that actually upsets me, even though I don't cover the 49ers, even though, you know, obviously my job is to be objective, but in terms of, like, competitive championship football, if you're trying to get to the third possession, right, because that guarantees you the chance to have the ball in sudden death, then you need to treat the first possession like it's the most important possession of the game at that point in time. So if you call a point on third and four from the nine-yard line and it don't work, cool. You have another down. We know if you score a touchdown – that puts all the onus on the Chiefs to match you for a touchdown, right? And then, of course, they can make the decision if they want to go for two or not, yada, yada. Why Why is no one complaining about this man not going for it on fourth and four from the nine-yard line when you have Brendan Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and I know he's banged up, but he still exists. It's, it's George Kittle. And, oh, by the way, your MVP player in that game was Dewan Jennings, and um, he was actually open on third and four. 
that's neither here nor there. Obviously, the protection was the issue. But why aren't you going for it on fourth and four so that you can ensure yourself you have a greater chance of getting a third possession? Kicking a field goal is just like, eh. I mean, it's cool. Okay, we at least have to make them go to, like, our 40-yard line to get into, like, field goal range for Harrison Bucker. But if you're not going to... If you're not going to have all the information as the team possessing the ball second, like the Chiefs, then you have to be ultra, ultra aggressive on the first possession so that you maximize that just as much as Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Matt Nagy will have four downs to maximize their possession. So, um, yeah, it don't make sense. And, again, I think I think the one issue Cal Shanahan made wrong is if you're going to take the ball first, we got to score a touchdown. Nope, like There's no in-between here. There's no, oh, we'll just settle for a short field goal because maybe we'll hold them to a field goal. Well, as you said, Carrington, the team who possesses the ball second can win the game. So go for it on fourth and four from the nine-yard line because didn't you just go for it on fourth and three deep in the Chiefs' territory in the fourth quarter to get your last touchdown? Sometimes it takes four downs to beat a really, really good defense. And for him to just be like, no, come off the field, Brock. All right, you didn't take a sack. You didn't take a negative play, but like I'm not going to give you another down to try to help us win the game. I just thought that was poor coaching on his part. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor of The Athletic joining us in studio. You've had the opportunity to see all of Patrick Mahomes' moments in person. Mm-hmm. Where would you put this one? Where does this one rank? Because as I'm sitting there watching it, I felt like I was watching Tom Brady. Ooh. Like I remember, and you remember it. Yep. The twenty-eight to three, and just how surgical it was, yeah. and how Tom at that point said, "I am the greatest quarterback of all time, and we are not losing today. Like right. I am going to do whatever it takes to make sure that that we win this game." Mm. At some point next football season, I will ask you about another team's quarterback. It'll be <laughs> C.J. Stroud. <laughs> I will ask you, hey, Houston has the ball first and ten after a touchback. And they got two timeouts with a minute 45. Do you think Houston scores a touchdown? You're going to be like, ah, I don't They're going to go back and forth. It's going to be tough. I just saw Patrick Mahomes in that scenario two separate times in the Super Bowl. Yes. I actually think that they could have scored a touchdown in regulation. I actually think that Andy mishandled the end of the game. I know they won. <laughs> but in that scenario, there's no reason for you to take a timeout with you to overtime. Right. You could have called that timeout earlier, earlier in, in, the, in that drive. In the drive, and, and yes. And gave yourself some time to score a touchdown. It doesn't matter. They want right. And then you are faced with the exact same. Hey, if you don't get points here on this drive, your season is over. And he went down the field against a very good, very capable defense that played well mm-hmm. and did it again and <laughs> made it look easy. Where does that rank with what you've seen him do? Also, uh, Kyle Shanahan, you ain't got to fire him, dog. You ain't got to fire Steve Wilkes like that. I mean, he couldn't even make it through the weekend. It's not. It's not. Come on, man. Like. They gave up 19 points in, in regulation. You 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 would be you supposed to be the one to score 20 for us, okay? Steve Wilkes had held Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and everybody else to 19 points. Coming off the idea that the special teams kind of screwed up Steve Wilkes because he was actually playing a uh, calling a very good game. But yes, to your question, Carrington, it felt very Joe Montana like to a certain degree, just because everything felt in his control, and then. It felt very Tom Brady like when he tells, when he already understands, hey, Nick Bosa been playing this way all game, and we're gonna set him up twice to to beat him. Like, 
I don't know. You know, maybe you, maybe we, I'm sure Steve Wilkes told Nick Bosa, hey, man, might want to watch the ball. <laughs> might want to understand how to rush for a certain down and distance. It's fourth and inches. Um, sure, we'd love it if you got outfield, but we actually just need to control the line of scrimmage um, and make it difficult. Why is he running right by you? Um, have you never seen a, an RPO, son? Have you never seen a naked? Have you never seen anything on the edge? Didn't they just do that to us last year when D'Amico Ryan was the defensive coordinator? So in the way of Tom Brady, it's like you're using the other team's best player actually against them. Um, and so the the naked to get fourth and inches and get eight yards out of it before anybody touches him is, is crazy. But that's all based on, hey, the quarterback knows how to manipulate their best defender. And then play caller and quarterback to in the entire season says, oh, it's all dependent on what Nick Bosa does. If Nick Bosa obviously, you know, rushes upfield, then we're going to pitch it to Jerk McKinnon. If you're going to crash down like he has been the entire game, he showed us no different pass rushing move, then we're just going to go right by him again and throw to a wide open McCole Hartman because Traverius Ward has to take Travis Kelsey. I mean, he has to. He's out leveraged. Um, I just thought it was I, I thought it was a beautiful blend of Mahomes understanding how to use his legs in a way that is so different from like Joe Montana or Tom Brady, but yet mentally he got to a point where, like Joe Montana, I know the West Coast offense in and out. I know how to make all the right checks. I know where everybody's supposed to be. My accuracy is going to be on point with my timing, with my drop back. And then from a Tom Brady standpoint, um, I'm going to actually use all your advantages against you mentally. Uh, before the ball's ever snapped, and then I'm going to make you look foolish, and it's going to make yourself feel even worse when you watch yourself on tape because I just dismantled you guys in the most efficient, smooth manner possible. And, oh, by the way, like, there are no incompletions on this. There are no mistakes. Like, I can't remember. I think the drive was 13 plays, Carrington. I'll look back here in a minute. It's 13 plays in the fourth or in overtime, not a single negative play, other than Marquez Valdez Cantlin. <laughs> but from Patrick Mahomes, there's no mistake on any of the 13 plays. And, yeah, that's the reason they won the Super Bowl is because um, all those poor decisions led Mahomes to have that chance. And then if you give him that chance, he has proven time and time again, if he's healthy and if he can carry everybody else with him, he will, he will, he will defeat you. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor in studio. I'm going to be the only person to ever ask you this question. I feel really good. Like, you're going to be asked thousands of questions in Ooh. your life, millions of questions. How many points do you think McCole Hardman scores today in the celebrity all-star game? <laughs> How many points do you think he scores today? Uh, do they play four quarters in this nonsense? I think they do, actually. Holy smokes. I think it might actually be four eight-minute quarters, like a high school basketball yeah. game. Yeah. Rob, look up the rules really quickly here so we can <laughs> have the, this information. For the celebrity you, challenge so, or whatever. So, so he was a late addition. I forgot. So yes. somebody got injured. Yes. They twisted their ankle. They have now added Super Bowl <laughs> hero McCole Hardman yep. to the game. How many points do you think McCole scored today? Give us give us a good nine, McCole. Give us a good nine, okay? Like one one jumper, a couple layups. Do they do free throws? Do yeah, they do. Oh, the give us a, give us a couple foul shots. I got the rules here. It is four eight 
10 minute quarters. Ten me. minute. Whoa. This is so this, this is like a women's Ooh, college basketball, basketball game. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There is overtime if it's so needed. Oh, and God. there is in 2018 <laughs> they added a special four point decal. You can get four points the by ruffles, making the ruffles yeah. for two K. You know, now, that's how you play on two K. Now we know a lot of the guys, especially the skill position guys, love to play basketball in the Chiefs locker room. You know McCole's gonna take one of those designated four point shots. You just know it. Um, he might airball it, but hey, I I I, I appreciate his confidence. No nah, man, just give us a just give us a healthy nine, a healthy nine points in in a forty minute celebrity basketball game where no one knows what the other person's doing on the court. I have never in my life been more excited to watch McCole Hardman <laughs> and Jennifer Hudson play basketball like what? I am today. He's a Rob. He's Jennifer, on Jennifer okay. Hudson's I gotta look team. up these rosters. Yeah, you Whoa. Look at the team. He also has so he's on the same team as as uh, Metal World Peace and also CJ Stroud. They're on the same team together. Okay, CJ is obviously the point guard. Let him let him Oh, CJ Stroud is not passing to a soul. Well, he let him let passing. him direct the traffic. Hey, he can give you some layups. Wow, Natasha Cloud? I don't know who probably 70% of these people Adam are. Adam Blackstone? <laughs> what? I love that Lil Wayne's a coach. Yeah, Incredible. Incredible. Lil Wayne is probably why McCall Harden got in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, who can we get? Oh, uh, Jennifer Hudson. Can we get her up from like the elbow, from like 15 footers? Ugh. Um, shout out to Sir. Love his music. Um, did know, I mean, I, I did kind of know he plays basketball. Sir might actually be fun to watch. I'm excited for this game. I'm looking at the other team. Puka Nakua. Oh, Puka Nakua is getting buckets. I actually, I actually think Team Shannon's a little better than Team. Yeah. Shannon, now that I'm looking at it, they got Puka Nakua and Micah Parsons on this team. Yeah. I, you know, I these are like, real athletes, I guys. Like Michael Parsons <laughs> to win MVP. I like, I like Michael Parsons to uh, yeah. win MVP. In uh, I, I have never. Hold on. Uh, now I might be aging myself. Who is Walker Hayes? Rob, how many points do you That's think the Applebee's song guy? What? Who is he? Who is this guy? Walker Hayes sings the Applebee's song. No sh- Fancy like Applebee's <laughs> yeah. on a date night? What? Oh, but you know what? I'm changing Can, my MVP hey, pick. Hey, Walker Hayes. Put Walker Hayes in the corner and let him just release on oh, everybody. You know Walker Hayes is a great <laughs> shooter. Shooter! shooter. shooter. <laughs> you got to be in the corner. Shooter! I ain't never seen him shoot a basketball. I know he can shoot. Fancy like Applebee's on oh, a date no. night. That's why I never heard this man's name because I'm just like, yeah, I just my wife just sings along with the tune and I'm just like, oh yeah, good for him. Oh, man. He got on an Applebee's commercial. Now he's in the all-star celebrity game. We can bet on this, Rob. I can I can bet offshore. real American currency. Offshore. <laughs> offshore. It's offshore, yeah. I it's not it's not listening. Not... I can't pick up FanDuel and I no. can't bet on who the MVP is gonna be for the celebrity. Not on FanDuel, no. Is this... Oh my goodness. How can I bet on the dunk contest and the three point contest? I can't bet on Kai Sinet. That's who I want to bet on. I mean, I would, I would, oh, okay, there is, well, I guess this was from a few days ago in preparation. I was like, have I ever seen Jennifer Hudson hold a basketball? <laughs> Google tells me it was a few days ago. All she got to do is score one time in this game. I don't need her to do a whole lot. Can we get a Jennifer love, Hudson I love, layup I love, today? Oh, of course. I loved, like, a little putback. Yeah, uh, that's I, all we need. I love Jennifer Hudson, but we don't, I mean, I've never seen this woman hold a basketball until today. <laughs> I can't wait to watch her play. I really can't. It sounds I mean, so fun. It's so funny to go from like 
Hey, did y'all see what Caitlin Clark did last night too? Um, yeah, now we're going to have these celebrities play basketball in, in basically the same uh, format, in oh, the same playing. game context. Oh, goodness. They're playing at the football stadium. Oh, <laughs> yes, there's going to be a lot of missed jumpers. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of missed jumpers saying, at Lucas you're, Oil. You're saying the uh, the depth perception may be off? It's going to be real bad. I, you know, put me now for over under one and a half air balls for McCall just Hardman. Do me, do, me, do me nice, McCall. Give us, give us just a solid nine points in a celebrity <laughs> basketball game. Coming up on the other side, let's transition to the offseason a little bit. The Chiefs have two major decisions. They have a decision with LeJarius Knee. They also have a decision with Chris Jones. I'm wondering how you think the Chiefs are going to play the offseason. We got Nate Taylor in studio. Keep right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's George Carlotis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got Nate Taylor here. Coming to Chiefs of the Athletic. All right, let's, these, I think these two situations, our scenarios are, are different. So let's talk about Legereus Need first, because he certainly had, he had the comments I would expect for a mid-round draft pick to have as you are entering free agency. So he went on with Kay Adams. Mm-hmm. Who, I don't know if you've seen Kay Adams in person. Got a chance to see her on Radio Row. Oh, you did. As advertised. Dang. That's all I'm going to say is as advertised with mm. Kay Adams. That's the second time I've seen her. But this time, she just looked very comfortable sitting in her fan duel seat. Uh-huh. I'm like, I get it. Okay. I understood then in that moment. I'm going to play for you what her conversation was with Legeria Sneed. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. So that was the Jerry Sneed. That audio is courtesy of FanDuel with Kay Adams. This is what I would do if I'm Brett Veach. Uh-huh. I would franchise tag Legereus Sneed. It's $18 million. Mm-hmm. I think you have the best corner combination in the league, and you could argue the best secondary in the National Football League. Uh-huh. He's 27 years old. He yep. does not have an extensive injury history. Nope. That is not a deal that you feel bad about three years from now that you paid and you kept Legereus Sneed. I would franchise tag him. I understand what that means for Chris Jones, but he is about to be 30 years old, and his franchise tag is going to be $32 million which if you franchise tag him, that makes him the second highest paid player in the league that doesn't play quarterback. Right. I don't think you can franchise tag him. I think you have to let him walk in free agency and he goes to play for the Chicago Bears and you thank him for everything he's done with the organization. That's how I would handle it if I was Brett Veach. Uh How would Nate Taylor handle it if you were Brett Veach? Now what's interesting is with the franchise tag, that that would put LeJarrius Sneed um, in essence, in the top 10 market for cornerbacks. Jair Alexander, who's also 27, playing for the Green Bay Packers, right now he makes the most annual of $21 million per year. Uh, Denzel Ward makes 20. Same for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Trayvon Diggs makes 19. So, like, obviously he's in that category. Even Legere- or, excuse me, even Javarius Ward makes around $14 million. So, 18 is a good you know, sort of halfway point of what the top of the market is, but also keeps you in line with, you know, your peers uh, in terms of capabilities and obviously um, what you've done so far in your career. 
What I think is interesting is could the Chiefs somehow, uh, and this has to work on both sides, but I wonder if there's a three-year deal that the Chiefs and LeJarrius Sneak could agree on so that you don't have to use $18 million of the salary cap in full. That's one of the things and the lessons that the Chiefs learned when they franchise tagged Orlando Brown, which was 16.6. You got to pay him that regardless of whatever else happens in free agency, the draft, and obviously what goes on in the regular season. Um, if you were to give LeJarrius Sneed a three-year deal with the potential of it being two years of guaranteed spot on the roster, he could then go back to free agency at the age of 29, um, which would still put him in range if he plays well and obviously stays healthy to be still maintain his status in that like top eight, top 10 of the market of his position. That's probably the easier thing for the chiefs to do. Um, and it's, again, it's going to have to come down to luxurious wanting to, uh, when does he want to be eligible to go back to being a free agent? Um, knowing that the franchise tag is the last sort of diabolical card that the chiefs can play in their hand without you having any say whatsoever as to you know what your future could be beyond of next year. Um, when it comes to Chris Jones, the Chiefs realize that they can't franchise tag him even if they moved heaven and earth from a salary cap standpoint because then you would still have issues with not only just the free agency class of this year, understanding that they have to get better at the wide receiver position, but of course you can't even like convert a ton of Patrick Mahomes' money to cover the cost for Chris Jones, if you were going to franchise tag him again with no guarantee that he would be on the roster past next season. So the franchise tag is something that you can negotiate down or negotiate up from, depending on your perspective, from a cornerback position because it's a more reasonable number. Um, but I do get the sense that Legereus wants to be here just past next season, right? Um, and maybe the Chiefs could use the franchise tag to give themselves more more time to negotiate with him. Uh, on a maybe three-year deal that's really a two-year deal. Um, but based on his age and where he is in his career, um, if you're luxurious need, you're saying, okay, well, I want to be someone who's making around $19 million a year, but based on the way the contract is structured, it still gives some team, it still gives the team some cap space flexibility to some degree, but it at least ensures my place on the roster in 2024 and 2025. And then obviously, if things go a certain way, I can go back to free agency at 29. Um, which is a very pivotal number when you get to the market in the NFL. Once you're 30, you better be, like, one of the best. And so even for Jalen Ramsey, who's 30 right now, he will probably never make the contract that he is playing on right now with the Miami Dolphins, even though he is obviously talented and has a certain cachet in the league. With all that being said, Chris Jones has made it very clear, Carrington, that he wants to be with the Chiefs uh, throughout his career. He's never really swayed off of that. I know the holdout was a bit odd and contentious at times. Especially, I guess, I guess for me. And I understand everybody's contract is different. I feel like the Chiefs offered you a contract that would have allowed you the opportunity to do that last year. Now, maybe it wasn't everything that you wanted. Correct. But based on your reporting and everybody else reporting, they put a deal in front of you that yes. would have made you incredibly wealthy yes. and gave you the opportunity to stay in Kansas City long term. And you repeatedly said no to that deal. Mm-hmm. So now that you have the same leverage that you had before, you were an all-pro, you just came off a Super Bowl, you had double-digit sacks, uh -huh. are you now willing to take a 15% less, 20% discount? Because Snead is not taking a discount. Um, Not in the traditional sense, no. Uh, 
and this is a point that I want to make very clear. Based on all the context you just provided, Carrington, you are no longer negotiating with Andy Reid, and you are no longer negotiating with Brett Veach. Chris Jones is negotiating with Clark Hunt. If Clark Hunt feels comfortable, you know, meeting you in the middle, then you'll remain a chief. If Clark Hunt says, no, I trust Brett Veach and his personnel staff in terms of drafting, I want us to, uh, you know, extend this dynasty as best we can with, uh, you know, maximizing the cap space of Patrick Mahomes' contract over the next five years and not necessarily um, putting too much eggs in this one basket for a potential three-peat in 2024. And if there's some animosity, hey, I just gave you what I thought was a really good deal last year, and I had to, you know, um, to some degree make some concessions to just get you to do your job, even though technically you were under contract. So I think the delicate balance of all this is usually your agent is the mediator between your employer and you. But now in a weird way, I think Brett Beach and Andy Reid are going to have to be the mediator for Clark Hunt because Clark Hunt might say, I love Chris, but I got to pay him how much compared to like Aaron Donald or even Nick Bosa. And I'm sure there'll be some discussion about, well, Chris Jones did play better in the Super Bowl than Nick Bosa. So, and he's just as impactful or he plays, he has the ability to play multiple positions and, you know, obviously mess up protection schemes in a way that Nick Bosa kind of can't or has not shown the ability to do. Um, but I do get the sense that like Brett Veach and Andy Reid are, 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 they would love to retain Chris Jones and Chris Jones. I honestly believe what he said on stage, um, at the rally that like, you know, he doesn't plan to go anywhere, but ultimately the money is Clark Hunt's money. And he's going to have to be the one that says, I'm okay doing this. Uh, even if Chris's demands don't really change from what they were 10 months ago. Right now we're joined in studio by Nate Taylor of the athletic coming up on the other side. I want to give you some time to think about this. You have been with the chiefs every single step of the way. From OTAs, mini camp, training camp, all the way up until watching them hoist the Lombardi Trophy. I wonder how you're going to remember this season. We'll get your answers to that question coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Nate Taylor is here. We'll get to the top stories of the day in Kansas City in just a bit. Nate Taylor, you have been at every media availability, every game, every practice. There is not a human being that follows the <laughs> team more closely than you do. That's a very safe thing to say. There Thank is not you. a person walking the face of the earth that covers the Chiefs better and more than you do. How are you going to remember this season? I was thinking about that over the break, and um, I don't want to be like a prisoner of the moment or how like the Super Bowl ended, but I do think I'll remember this season mostly for the defense, mostly for the idea that um, – the Chiefs somehow, and this is both a credit to like the players, the coaches, and obviously the front office, but like they have a quarterback on the longest contract in the sport, Harrington, which they gave him an extension 
Like after the second week of the season. You might give him another one. <laughs> <laughs> so they gave their quarterback like an extension, right? Uh, even though he had like technically a 10-year deal. Uh, obviously, they have a, a future Hall of Fame coach, um, future Hall of Fame tight end. All these things were sort of known. Um, and despite the offensive struggles, the and I wrote this in The Athletic, but the one consistent, the one constant in the experiment, all the variables, was the Chiefs' defense. Um you know, even without their best player, they still held the Detroit Lions uh, to 21 points in the home opener. Then Chris Jones comes back, um, plays exceptional in the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And in a league that I know from a trend standpoint was an odd year statistically when you look back to, like, what the league has been over the last decade or so. I mean, somebody's going to score 30 on you, right? Somebody, somebody's gonna have a really, really good day, and it just might be because you're injured, or because you didn't practice well, or hey, they just maybe surprised you from a play calling scheme sort of, you know, formation matchup situation. Carrington, no one scored thirty on them. The San Francisco Forty ers who I thought had the best collection of skill position players this year, had five quarters in, essentially, couldn't score thirty, so. For Lamar Jackson being as great as he is, for Josh Allen having uber amounts of talent, I think I will remember this season because the Chiefs defense never took a day off, never really had a bad day, and they were always motivated because they knew who was on the other side of the field for them, which was Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. And then you insert Isaiah Pacheco being consistent, through much of the second half of the year, Rasheed Rice's development as a rookie receiver who was the only reliable receiver they had this season. Um, It's amazing that, uh, you know, no one scored 30 points on the Chiefs defense. And that is an immense credit to Justin Reed, Chris Jones, you know, Nick Bolton. Then you get all to the secondary players, Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards, Brian Cook, LeJarrius Sneed, Trent McDuffie. Then you go to the coaching staff of, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, Dave Merritt, Brendan Daly, Joe Cullen. I mean, they all they all basically had career years together. And that rarely happens in the NFL. And they'll not, I don't think they'll be remembered in the same way of like the 2013 Seahawks or the 2000 Ravens or the 90 or the 85 Bears. But they were they were the best defense all year and they proved that there is still some validity to defense wins championships, even though the the league itself is always trending towards offensive innovations, offensive advantages, and the quarterback kind of having the last say on every down. I I think at least for me, the lasting kind of impression this team has made is like I've made Kansas basketball analogies with them. Mm. This was when they fully did it. I don't know how. Like next season, I know it will happen. Somebody, and I might do it too. <laughs> we will overreact to the how poorly they played in a week seven game. Ooh, yes. Like you and I both know it. Yep. Like they're going to go out there and they're going to play the Las Vegas Raiders and they are going to sleepwalk. <laughs> like, I just know it. I know them. Or they the, or the Denver Broncos or like and, the and Carolina Panthers. Board, or they're going to have a really bad stretch. I don't know how I can get on here and tell you, hey, man, this really, it doesn't matter. We have seen six years of data. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, you are the fool if you were going to fall for whatever they do in the regular season. Right. Like, 
I know it matters, and they're going to play a really important. It's going to be a Monday night football game against Buffalo, and it's going to be like, oh, this is for the AFC. No, no. it's not. <laughs> because whatever version is for those first four months is not the version that we're going to see in January. Yeah. You have now fooled me too many times. No, I will not fall for it ever again. And, and look, man, um, the Bills go all the way down the field. This is what I'll never forget. The Bills go all the way down the field, Carrington. And you're like, okay, how much time is the offense going to get? Okay, are we getting ready for overtime? And then on two plays, Chris Jones is like, what if I just blow the entire play up and force Josh Allen to throw two incompletions? And everybody in the building was like, he missed? Like, it's the game's over? Like... The game's over. Tyler Bass missing a field goal. Relatively makeable, but he still missed it. It was very windy that day. But I'll just never forget that, like, oh, they're going to the AFC Championship game, and Patrick didn't even have to be a superhero in the fourth quarter. It's just because Chris Jones decided, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I'm just I'm going to be in Josh Allen's face two times, and I'm going to ask Josh Allen, can he make a, an amazing play with me breathing on him? And he and, couldn't. And he couldn't. Yeah. And then the next week, you and I both know, oh, they're probably going to go to Baltimore and win. And how quickly that, that, that changes, right, from, all right, we want to see what it's like in that first road playoff game in Mahomes' career to, okay, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like in a matter of literally hours. And, like, it's cool. Baltimore's had a great season. But, like, there's a chance for a reason. And if you don't get on them early, you're not going to catch them late. Um and so if they handle the best team in the league in their own stadium, then, yeah, I'm going to pick them to beat the 49ers, even though they are immensely talented. But they get two weeks to prepare. It's in Las Vegas. And, like, they got the better quarterback. And as I said a few minutes ago, they had the better pass rusher. They had the better corners. They had the better kicker. They had the better coach. They had the better tight end. Like, there was not very – there was even though the game was close, you can – objectively say the 49ers had very few advantages on any position side of the ball. And honestly, like Kyle Shanahan got got by Steve Spagnuolo a couple times to where it's like, how did you not see it coming? How did you not know he was going to blitz? How did you not prepare Brock Purdy that, yes, he's going to blitz when the game's on the line um, and not have a better answer? So um, it's crazy how much it flips. But, yes, to your point, the regular season – Kind of fun and giggles. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And uh, hope everybody matter. hope everybody's healthy in early January when the actual season begins. I think at least for me, just on a person, I know we're up against it, Rob. I kind of had my, man, he really might be Tom Brady moment mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Like, all the LeBron Jordan stuff really started back up when they were down 3-1 and he had that block against Andre Iguodala. You were thinking, yeah. Wow. Like that, that, that broke my like, heart like too, because that was a seventy-three and nineteen. Like <laughs> when, when LeBron did that, yes, I think people had that. Oh, he might, he might be Michael Jordan. Yes, I had that moment watching him. I've always had great respect for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how you can't, but there's right. always been a gap for. Hey, Tom's different than everybody else. We saw twenty years of data. Mm. Those two drives at the end, how easy it was. At the end of it, I'm thinking, oh, he's Tom Brady. Like it's not even. It's not even close. Like, it's – I cannot stress enough how good Lamar Jackson is, guys. I cannot stress enough how talented Josh Allen is, even though he makes some yellow decisions. 
Um, there's no one as good in the NFC as Joe Burrow. No one. He better than all of them. He's better than all of them. And the crazy thing is he's more mentally advanced than even Tom Brady was six years into his career. He's more physically gifted than Joe Montana ever was in his career. And um, even when you're most experienced receiver, I cannot stress this enough, guys. I know we only got a few more minutes, but even when your most experienced receiver says, yes, I got a six-yard gain, what if I turned it into a four-yard loss? Cool. We won't even we won't we won't even need fourth down. We won't even need fourth down. I'll just check it to Rasheed and then I'll get him again on a crossing route for an easy first down. And you're just like, I mean, they could have stopped the game at that point. We they gave the 49ers. Here's four yards. Here's just four yards and a down. And it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go down the field. So yeah, he's he's better than Tom Brady was in his sixth season. And the and the, and the <laughs> mind-boggling thing is he can only get better from here. He can't get worse, guys. He can uh, continue to get better up until around 31, 33, somewhere in there. Which is a long time from now. Yeah, that's, that's five years. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's 28. He's 28. He's better than everybody, and he has a chance to continue to get better. Stunning. With, all, with by the way, Carrington, when we ever talk, they might have better receivers. They might have solidified their offensive line. There's a whole free agency and draft. To, to put into place. I actually think at some point, like week eight, week nine, we are going to debate if next year's team is better than this year's team. And I think they will be like th- this year's team never made it look easy ever. And at, at no, at no point this season did they look and feel like a great team until they won the Super Bowl. Right. Next year's team. I could easily see them starting off seven and two. It's like, Hey, this offense is humming. This offense is really good. It is just, it was a very wild turn of event. That is Nate Taylor from The Athletic joining us in studio to recap the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Nate, it was good to talk actual football with somebody, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It was a great season, my friends. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get back to the top stories of the day in Kansas City. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar. Congratulations on getting through your nine to five. All of those positive greetings. Appreciate you listening and making us a part of your Friday. It uh, it snowed today. I mean, what a week. I don't think I can say it any better. What a week. I just was thinking about this. That Royals press conference Feels like it was two weeks ago. It was Tuesday. Remember that? John Sherman was there. Brooke Sherman was there. Ryan Lefevre, Sam Mellinger. They were answering questions about the downtown stadium. It does not feel like that was three days ago that that happened. It it feels very, very, it feels like it was two weeks ago that this happened. Like it was during the bye week in between the Super Bowl. It has been a... Uh, A very long three days. Hopefully you have a great weekend. I plan on trying to do my best to have a great weekend as well. Rob is here. I am here taking you up until 6 o'clock. Nick Wright was on the podcast earlier today. I usually would replay what Nick Wright had to say. I don't think we can do that today. Uh, You know what? I uh, Check out the podcast page if you would like. That's uh, that's probably the most I could think I can say about Nick Wright's appearance. Uh, it is uh, not something that I think we will play twice. I we normally would under ninety nine percent of circumstances, but uh, you know what? I'm in a good mood. Rob's in a good mood. The text line they are finally in a good mood. Let's not upset it. 
you know what? Let's just kind of keep it where it is and uh, be sure to check out the podcast page to hear Nick Wright's appearance on the show. All right, so let's do this. I want to play for you what Legereus Sneed had to say. Legereus Sneed went on with Kay Adams a couple of days ago, and he was asked this question. Here was his answer. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. So, Legereus Need went on Kay Adams' show, and he said what you just heard, pay me, which makes a lot of sense. Rob, you asked me an interesting question earlier today, and for those of you that didn't hear my answer, well, let me answer it. You said, hey, people were really critical of Chris Jones and how his contract played himself out. Do you think they're going to be that way toward Legereus Need? I think there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. Now, I know this is not the, you know, it's not every single person. But I think for the most part, people want to see football players get paid. I think the general public understands the physical toll that playing football plays on you. And if you got a chance to really cash out, I think for the most part, people want to see you have success in your job, especially if you were someone who is perceived to have done it, quote, the right way. Snead has been a healthy player. He has been a productive player. He has never rocked any boats. He has never caused any problems. Snead has just done what most of us do. You try to keep your head down. You try to go to work. You try to do the best that you can. You've gone home and mind your business. I think that is the perception around Legereus Snead. He is now in a very unique position that not a lot of people get a chance to be in. He's got a chance to really cash out. And if he plays the next month of his life correctly, he has a chance to significantly change the life of every person he is close to. I think Snead has a chance to sign a $90 million contract in the next month. You got a chance to see money that none of us will ever see. I think people understand that, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I understand the business side of football. I know you can't pay everybody. Hey, you got a chance to go ahead and cash out. And as long as Snead doesn't badmouth the organization on the way out, and there's no reason to think that he would do that, I think that people will be happy for Legereus Snead if he signs this big-time deal. Now, this is my take. This is not even my prediction of what I think is going to happen. This is what I would do if I'm the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they are elite. I think they are the best. Number one at three things in the National Football League. Head coach, he's coming back next year. Quarterback, he is also coming back next year. I think they have the best secondary in the league. It's hard to argue based on what I just saw them do over the course of the last five months for me to think otherwise. I think you have the best one-two corner combination in the league. I'm not ready to give that up. You have a 27-year-old who has been relatively healthy over his NFL career whose contract is now coming up and is going to make $18 million. Now, I know that's a lot, but in a team-building exercise, it is really not that much money. I think you got to keep Legereus Sneed. So I would franchise tag Legereus Sneed, 
and negotiate a long-term deal with him. And I would be willing to let Chris Jones walk. I understand what Chris Jones means to this organization. I appreciate what he has accomplished. He's about to turn 30 years old. And if you look at how much it's going to be to franchise tag him at $32 million, that will make him the second highest paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. I don't know if you can give out that contract with all the contracts that you got coming up over the course of not just this offseason, but next offseason. We are interested. We're entering a very interesting time in Chiefs offseasons. They got two really important offseasons where a lot of the young talent that they have drafted and developed, their contracts are coming up or they are due for an extension. If you're Trent McDuffie, and let's say that next year he goes out there and he's even better, you're going to have a young corner who has been a first-team All-Pro in back-to-back seasons and is 22 years old. That guy gets paid. That guy gets a significant raise at the end of that third season. Creed Humphrey's contract is coming up. Trey Smith's contract is coming up. Nick Bolton's contract is coming up. A lot of the young core pieces that you have gotten at significant deals because they've been on rookie deals, their contracts are now coming up. So you got to be really selective about who you want to keep and who you don't want to keep. And I would hate to have to lose a 24, 25-year-old because you have a 31-year-old player under contract long-term on your team. You and I both know how this game is. It is about getting younger. It is about getting cheaper. It is about getting faster. And you are about to start entering the point where these guys, in theory, are entering their prime. Chris Jones is not entering his prime. And you and I have both seen how quickly things can turn in the National Football League that we always think, oh, this guy's got three, four years left. That's not how the NFL works. I would keep Legereus need. I'd franchise tag him. I negotiate a long-term deal, and I would go let Chris Jones play for another team. Now, I don't know where that team could be. It could be the Chicago Bears. It could be the Houston Texans. I don't know what team he's going to go play for. But I don't know if entering a third long-term contract with the player and franchise tagging him for the third time is in the best financial interest of your team when you have so many deals coming up over the next two off-seasons. I personally will let Chris Jones walk, and I would franchise tax need and pay him long-term. So I actually thought that was the Chiefs' plan at 201. Like, when we opened the show and we played that audio, I was like, yeah, I think they're going to take the Carrington plan. Brett Veach is going to do what you said. He's going to, like he always does, prioritize the younger talent. He's going to thank Chris Jones for his time. Chris Jones is going to be a great-looking commander one day. That's how I felt it was going to play out at 201. But Carrington, when the news broke at 3.30-ish from Ian Rappaport, that the Chiefs have decided to pick up the option on Chris Jones, basically pay him him 4.25 in incentives, but it allows them to retain the right to franchise tag him yet again. What I think the Chiefs are going to do pivoted because it hit me. And you're the one that says this a lot. Contracts in the NFL don't happen. Hey, the contract's over. Let's start negotiating. You negotiate well ahead of time. More times than not in the NFL, when you are going into the final year of your contract, we kind of know if the team has plans to keep you or not. There's either been reports, conversations, rumors, whatever the terminology you want to use, there's usually some smoke to the fire of player X entering the final year's deal and team Y is trying to retain him, which was the situation last year with Legereus Need. Did we hear a single report they were interested in retaining him long-term? Not from people like us, the opinion makers. 
I'm talking the Rappaports, the Schefters, the James Palmers, the Nate Taylors, the people whose job it is to say, hey, here is a report I have for you. None of them said that. Zero. Meanwhile, every time it has become available, the Chiefs and Chris Jones have negotiated. Now, it went horrible last summer, but they have negotiated and they have always both been open about the fact they want that player long term and that player wants to be here long term. The fact that Chiefs reopened the ability to tag him, which you can then extend him in that tag window, makes me think the Chiefs realized we are going to thank Legereus Sneed for his work. We love Legereus Sneed, but we can turn and burn and make corner great no matter what. We have an all-pro even without Sneed on the roster, and we need another all-pro on this defense. We need the guy who has made enough plays in two Super Bowls. The Niners are 0-2 against us, and that guy is Chris Jones. I think the Rappaport move today signaled to me the Chiefs are far more interested in keeping Jones long-term or at least negotiating a long-term deal than they are Sneed because we've never, ever, ever heard about hopes, dreams, goals of keeping Sneed long-term from the report makers in the league. Where I think is very different, though, where I think is different, is I think this is the best free agent that they've had under this organization. And this is probably the first one that you really want to keep. I didn't hear a whole, I didn't hear a whole lot of people arguing to keep Kendall Fuller when his contract was up. I didn't hear a whole lot of people arguing to keep Charvarius Ward when his contract is up. Who have they let go in the last four years that you felt, hey, this is a guy that they really need to keep? I think we are now entering that phase of the Brett Veach era of, hey, a lot of these young guys that have helped you win championships, their rookie deals are expiring. So a couple of texts, CDOT, what if Chris Jones is willing to take a super friendly team deal or is it no Jones no matter what? I think the time for super friendly team deals with Chris Jones is over. If they franchise tag Chris Jones, he will instantly become the second highest paid defensive player in the National Football League. If you you owe me that money regardless, I am not giving you that money back. I know this is different, but we all have an employer, right? In what scenario are you giving them back money? Especially when they have put themselves in the situation. If they franchise tag Chris Jones on Tuesday, regardless of what Chris Jones has to never talk to Brett Veach, they owe him for next season $32 million. We're the only player in the league that doesn't play quarterback that makes more money than him is Nick Bosa. And if I'm Chris Jones, I feel like I am on Nick Bosa's level. So if you want Chris Jones on the team, and that is a fine position to have, someone says, CDOT, this is a bad take. I'm not letting Chris Jones walk. Then you are prepared to make Chris Jones the highest paid player in the league that doesn't play quarterback. And are you willing to do that? Because my take, my take on it is I'm willing to pay Snead, and with the money that we're not going to give Chris Jones, I'm making a significant addition to the wide receiver room. Because if we are playing that you got to play everybody, You have two choices. You can franchise tag Snead and use that available money to go out in free agency and get basically anybody you want that's not named T. Higgins, or you can pay Chris Jones. What team-building exercise do you think is best? i rather have Snead, and I'd rather go get Calvin Ridley, if those are my two choices. And I think that the the option A, I'm telling you, of Snead and Calvin Ridley, in the end, is probably going to be even a little bit cheaper than having Chris Jones. 
Like this, this time of cheap deal for Chris Jones, this is the third time you franchise tagged him. There are no more deals to give out if I'm Chris Jones. I'm about to be 30 years old, and this is my absolute last chance to get paid. We all watch the NFL. You are not throwing significant dollars to 34-year-old players. That is not what usually happens. There are some examples. Von Miller got paid, and then you saw how bad that deal was almost instantly for Buffalo. This is it for him. Can I say it's it for Legarius Sneed, too, though? Like he maybe gets one more at at, at the end of this. Not at a 30 super, years old. not a big deal. No, though, no, Kevin, not, not a big. There's deal. more volatility in the cornerback market as far as like quality of play than there is a D tackle. Chris Jones has shown at longevity the position. Like Jalen Ramsey was for all pro this year. He shouldn't have been, but that's not here or there. He was a pro bowler this year. He shouldn't have been. That's not here or there. But he's living a lot on name cachet. I would tell you if you pull Dolphins fans, all four of them, they would say he's not worth his contract. He's 30 years old. If Legereus Need signs a three or four year deal worth eighteen million a year, let's just use the ta- the tag number. He's what going to be at seventy two million dollars? You think in year four of that deal that's a good deal? I think Legereus Need is looking this offseason the same way you are. I at thirty thirty one am not getting the same contract I'm getting at twenty seven because of the position I play. So I don't know he's Mister Team Friendly deal either. So I'm just saying, I don't think either one of them. I, I agree with you. I don't think either one of them are team friendly deals. I'm just saying is even if you let's say you make Snead the highest paid corner in the National Football League. Like let's say that's what you make him. Tomorrow you think that Snead is the best corner in the league and you are willing to pay him like that. That's $21 million. Like let's say that you were on my side of the argument. Hey, keep Snead, keep Snead, keep Snead. The best case scenario is $21 million. What's the best case scenario for Christian Holmes? 35? I would say, what do you make this year? 28, 29? Yeah, I mean, he, he made that this year. Yeah, Franchise so probably, tag gives him 32. So that okay, makes him right. already second behind Nick Bosa, who got 35. He is not taking less than the $32 million you owe. I am not giving the billion-dollar company money back. No, you owe me at least 32, and we will negotiate based off the 32. So it's probably 35, 36 at the, at the most. I think it's probably beneath Bosa, probably 33, 34, but that's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. That's a $12 million difference. You can get a lot of stuff with $12 million in the National Football League. You can get a lot of stuff. That's just how I would build my roster. I, I, I actually, we came on the show, we opened this. I, I agreed with you at 204. I'm like, yeah. And there's a history and a, a track record of Brett Veach signing the 26-year-old guy. Every time a 26-year-old guy's available, Brett Veach is all about it. But, man, just it's just odd to me that the Rapport Report came out that they are retain the tag rights on Jones. And I don't think they're going to tag Jones like he's going to play under the tag. But you and I both know how this works. You can tag Jones, and that gives you until July 20-whatever to get a deal done. It feels like you're getting that back with the intent of doing that and negotiating and doing that and getting him up locked up long term. Like, I don't know that Snead gets a deal done in the next, what, three weeks is till the fifth. Basically, I, I just think they are going to keep Chris Jones. And I also think, while I understand Legereus Snead is a better player, what's the difference between Legereus Snead and Willie Gay? 
They both were great this season. They both had no accolades, all pro, any of that thing. They were the best player of their position at a position the Chiefs are very deep at. And at this time last year, we never heard at all about them wanting to keep either long term. What's the difference? I wouldn't have paid Willie Gay Jr. last year. I, I agree. Uh, up but, to that point, Willie Gay hadn't yeah, done anything to command a long term deal. At no point during the season do we hear rumors, speculation, reports that they are considering either of them. They're both great at their position, and they're players in the final year, and they are at positions the Chiefs are inherently deep at. But other than Patrick Mahomes, they haven't paid any player early. There's not a single player on their team that before their contract was up, they have paid earlier other than the one player they absolutely had to was Patrick Mahomes. He was not playing under his rookie deal anymore. The moment that rookie deal was over, all right, it's time for us to renegotiate this deal. So I'm just all I'm saying is this is the first time that they have been in a position to do any of the things that you were talking about because all the players that Brett Veach has drafted, their contracts are now up and you want to keep them. They got probably eight guys over the next two years that, in theory, we could argue they should keep. You got Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Trey Smith. You got eight players over the next two years that their contracts either are expiring right now or are about to expire next year. And now you got to make a decision on if you want to pay. So you got to make a decision now about how you want to build your team because next offseason, then Creed Humphrey is a free agent. Then Trey Smith is a free agent. And do you want to franchise tag those players? So this conversation, at least for me, is not a one-year conversation. It really is the next two years of what you want to do with players. And that's why if we got two great players and one is significantly cheaper than the other player, I think we're going to need that $12 million because that $12 million gives you the ability to keep Creed Humphrey at the end of next season, and we can carry some of that money over or go make a valuable addition to the wide receiver room that clearly needs to be made with this team. Someone on the text line says uh, that this team should attempt to sign both, see which one is more willing, and tag the other. Unless you are paying me what the market says it is worth, I am not signing a contract when I can hit free agency and I can negotiate with all the teams. So, I mean, that plan sounds really good in theory, but... If you are Legereus Need and you have only signed a contract with one team and that team has had your club control for the entirety of your career, you are less than three weeks away from being able to see what your true value is on the market. I'm taking full advantage of that. Hey, my agent has told me what I'm worth. My agent has told me that I'm Marlon Humphrey. And he thinks, and he's been talking to all these other teams because you can. He's been telling me now that the Ravens are prepared on the first day of free agency to make me an offer that makes me the third highest paid corner in the league. So I am all for Kansas City attempting to sign both of these players. That would be the absolute best case scenario. I just don't know how willing I would be to have that deal and that conversation if I'm Sneed and now you're allowing me the opportunity to really test the market. And we all know how free agency works. What drives your price up? Competing offers. We don't think that there's going to be five, six teams that are interested in adding Snead. Or if you're Chris Jones and you have waited this long, I'm will, I mean, unless you guys are willing to pay me like I'm the highest paid guy in the league, I want to see what Chicago's talking about. I want to see what Houston's talking about. I've already won three rings. I already think I'm going to the Hall of Fame. So now it is about cashing out and trying to make the absolute most money possible for me. We can keep this conversation going, 913-586-7610. If you guys are just tuning in, Legereus Sneed went on with Kay Adams. Here's what he said. What 
would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. We can keep this conversation going on the other side. There's a lot of text I want to respond to. There's one major debate with the Chiefs. They have two high-value free agents. What do you do with those two free agents? Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. So we're having this debate about what to do this offseason with Chris Jones. At least in this, and I mean, I'm sure people are willing to make this. I haven't really seen one person that a lot of people are saying, you got to keep Chris Jones, you got to keep Chris Jones. And that's, that's perfectly fine to have that opinion. Are you willing to make Chris Jones the highest paid defensive player in the league? Because to me, that's where the conversation is. Like someone texted in, see that I love the show, but this is a bad take. They are not paying Jones on the tag. They'll either tag him and work out a cheaper contract or they'll trade him. Okay, I guess if you think, well, let me start from the beginning. The franchise tag is a fully guaranteed deal. I don't know how many people are going to hear from their employer, no matter what, this is how much money we owe you next season. And then you in a negotiation are going to be like, I mean, I'm willing to take less than that. No, I'm not willing to take less than that. We can agree on how much my raise should be from this number, but I am not interested in taking less than the number you were guaranteed to pay me. No, not at all. I'm, that's not part of, I don't even know why we're having this conversation. You owe me $32 million. I am not taking $28 million. No, I'm You're just going to give that money to somebody else. That's my money. I want to keep it. I also think in this conversation, we make the tag and trade seem far easier than what it is. The last 20 players who have been tagged in the National Football League, only two of them have been traded. I don't think you can trade Chris Jones at $32 million in a a month. I don't think you can. Number one, it locks up your salary cap space until you actually trade him. So you can't go out and make moves. Like you can't go out and move and make moves because your friend, your money is tied up into a player. And if I'm another team, you have already communicated to me that you don't want to pay Chris Jones. You've communicated it now in two off seasons. You were calling me about trying to trade a player. And then last off season, I watched the game and he was watching your team play because you couldn't agree on a deal. I'm not giving you a first round pick for that player. I'm not giving you the 45th overall pick. So you can turn that pick into a player that's going to help beat us. No, this is your problem. You figure it out. We're happy to pay Chris Jones, but we are not giving you a first round pick for now. The right to negotiate a deal with Chris Jones. No, we don't need your help to negotiate with Chris Jones. I think the Chris Jones conversation is far more complicated than people are giving it credit. I think you could probably tag and trade Snead if you want to. Snead at $18 million. Is a team willing to give you a second-round pick to negotiate with Snead, and then they make him Jair Alexander? I think that's a possibility. But 
You are not franchised and tagging a 30-year-old defensive lineman to now give a team the opportunity to pay him $35 million. That is not how this is working. We're just going to disagree on this basically all offseason. I think Chris Jones is the more important player of the Chiefs defense. I think the Chiefs defense is less equipped to lose him. And I, as a Chiefs fan, I, it's not my money. Clark Connors make this decision. Brett Beach made this decision. I, as a Chief fan, am fine with him being the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. I think you can make the argument he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. It's him, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa. They're all in the same conversation. Chris Jones is probably going to Canton one day. Chris Jones is racking up all pros. Chris Jones is looking more and more like Aaron Donald every single season and is integral to what the Chiefs do. And he's not just D interior D-line only. He flexes up the outside. He does a lot. So I'm cool with paying him, and I'm cool with walking on Snead. I think the Chiefs can survive walking on Snead. I also think Brett Veach has historically walked on corner, and you're right. No, None of the guys he's walked on have been his guys, Fuller and Tyron Matthew and that ilk. But I'm there's just there's this sense that the Chiefs and Chris Jones just seem attached to the hip. And even though all that bad blood existed last year in the offseason, they still got a deal done to get him on the field eventually. I think Chris Jones is a chief long-term. I think Legereus needs a stealer one day but or whatever. But the deal didn't really – it didn't change anything. Like the, mean, deal, it, the, the deal basically – his money. You're right. But, but the deal basically was just based on what the deal was. You can look at the incentives. It basically was we'll give you more money if we win the Super Bowl. That's basically what the deal was. They gave him an opportunity to get back the money that he had already lost. That's why he played in that week 18 game. You remember, he was out there playing like a man with his hair on fire. And if you want to make more money, we have to win the Super Bowl. That's not a raise. That's not a raise. Like right now, right now, if they keep, if they give you the same contract that we already have, but they say, hey, well, if you hit number one, we'll give you more money. That's not a raise. That's not the kind of deal that I'm interested in signing. We could talk about what's guaranteed money, and then we can go on from that. I'm pretty sure they upped his guarantees at the front of that deal last year, correct? We can look at it to be 100%. I, I'm pretty sure. Now, I don't think it was like a substantial yeah, yeah, upping. I, I think it was like a small, but they they did something to get him in the building. I recall they had moved some money around to get him to come in initially. I could not remember the initial numbers, but they had funny moneyed it because they tried to get him in the building faster after that Lions debacle, if I recall. Yeah, I mean, they basically just remember they created that weird incentive that was, hey, if you get on the field and you play 40% of the snaps, we'll exactly. give you a million dollars, which that kind of was the funny money that they threw out there. So this was his contract last year. His base salary was $18.4 million last year. It was supposed to be 19.5, but he didn't play the first game of the season. So once he came back for week two, his base salary was $18.4 million. He got $1 million for playing in 35% of the snaps, which is basically a, we're going to give you an opportunity to get the money back that you lost in training camp. They gave him another million dollars for participating in 50% of the snaps. So he lost $1.1 million for not playing in the Lions game. And then he accrued all of those fines for missing all of the mandatory stuff. So $2 million of that money was money that you chose to give back to the organization by choosing to stay at home and play Call of Duty. They then gave him a $1.25 million incentive for reaching 12 sacks or 10 sacks, excuse me. He hit that incentive in the final game of the season. He could have got an extra 
two million dollars if he got to fifteen. He didn't get to fifteen. He then got an extra one million dollars by being named first team All Pro, and then he got a million dollars because the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl. He then got two million because they won the Super Bowl. So in terms of I guess an incentive and bump and pay and raise, I don't I don't know all his contract incentives from the old one. I don't know if hey, if you win the Super Bowl, we'll give you money that doesn't count against the cap. I don't know if I would consider that to be a race. I had, I was mistaken because I, I remember they had funny money, but now rehearing it, they had funny money to basically to give him his lost wages back. You're right. That is not a wage. I, I had just remember there was funny money involved and I had the funny money numbers incorrect. So my apologies, but I still think Chris Jones is going to be a chief long-term. I think, I think it's more likely I hit the breaking news center for Chris Jones news than I do Legereus need news. And there's just, it's a feeling I can't shake and maybe I'll look stupid long-term. But the fact that Chiefs today did some reworking with the goal to retain his franchise tag rights, they're not going to tag him to like play another tag. But you can tag him to give yourself five months to negotiate with him seems notable to me. And like I said, maybe Brett Veach is just doing this because, hey, he's a kind guy. Here's some money, but we're not going to keep you at all. But the fact they funny moneyed up the stuff today to get those rights back is something that I can't shake, and there has to be a bigger plan, and that seems of note to me. And I think that's the debate that we'll have over the course of the next couple of days and weeks as we prepare for this. I mean, the window opens up on Tuesday, and they have two weeks to make a decision about what they're going to do. You cannot franchise tag both of these players. Somebody, One of the two of them is playing for another team next season, and we will find out over the course of the next 14 days who that player is potentially going to be. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. Rob, I just saw McCole Hardman getting ready for the celebrity game. And on the back of his shirt, it said, Mr. Walkoff. I want McCole Harbin to get everything he can out of these out of these 15 minutes. I've really enjoyed it. I want him to get all of it. He started the season with the New York Jets. Like started the season with the Jets. He did not play on the Jets. Like let's be clear. He was not playing on the Jets. He then got traded. Before the Super Bowl, he had probably made one play for the Chiefs this year. Remember, he had a punt return in the Chargers game. I mean, he probably has many positive as negative plays. He had the one punt return fumble in the Broncos game. And now I would say he is now a part of maybe the coolest picture of Patrick Mahomes' career. I mean, that picture of Mahomes with his arms out and McColl has just scored a touchdown is probably the image of Mahomes' early career. He might have a picture cooler than that, but I don't know how you have a much better picture than celebrating the fact that you just had a game-winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl and the excitement that you feel in that moment. Life comes at you really, really fast, man. Like, really, really fast. Congratulations for McColl, man. I'm so happy for him. Do you think McColl's back on the team next year? No, but... He, uh, we talked a lot about how MVS is Christian Cologne. McColl might be Christian Cologne. 
talk about a moment in time that has washed away a lot of fans' sour taste on him. He wasn't super popular from 19 to 23. He wasn't as unpopular as MVS. And now, if he never plays for the Chiefs again, you know, he can always come back, man. Bang the drum, baby. You just go that touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, you're right. But from villain to hero, very quickly. You know what? We, me and you will remember it because we're weirdos. That story of him at, tr- at training camp not finishing the route and Mahomes yelling at him disappears to history. You want to know why? He finished the route that mattered. Somebody just said McColl has to be laughing at Tyreek even though he wasn't supposed to be on the team. He still gets to pick up a third ring. I mean, the person that really, I mean, is screwed in this really should be Sky Moore. That's, I mean, that's that was Sky Moore's touchdown. You know? That was that was Kadarius Tony's moment. Kadarius Tony should be the one playing in the celebrity game today. Sky Moore should be the one that went on Jimmy Kimmel's show a couple of days ago. Not not McCole Hardman. That's the one who should really be mad. That was your moment. He took your touchdown. They ran that same play for somebody else last year. You showed her to that new restaurant. She took her new boyfriend there. You know you mad about that. That, that's what the Chiefs did. They run that play for everybody. You know Noah Gray is hot right now, bro. They ain't never ran that play for me. Not once. Blake Bell's pissed. Why haven't they run that play for Blake Bell? So he could score. He'd be the Super Bowl MVP. He'd be the hero. He'd be the one getting all the credit. They tried their one play this year for Blake Bell. It was the fake tush push, yeah, well, and it went back. No, it wasn't fake. They, they ran it. It just I mean, didn't, it didn't work. It was their version of the tush push, and they had... Work. Let's hey ride James Winchester to glory. Nah, just didn't work. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple of thoughts. They are very unrelated to each other. The first thought, yo, Taylor Swift is always going to be good money to me. I I don't at this point. I don't care how you feel about Taylor Swift. I don't care if you like her music. I don't care how many times they show her on television. Taylor Swift is always going to be good money to me. If you drop. $100,000 in the midst of everything that's going on and you are clear across the world and you still think enough of Kansas City to make that sizable of a donation, you are good money to me. Salute to you. I don't have anything bad to ever say about Taylor Swift ever again. I mean, I haven't said any bad things, but you know what I'm trying to say. All right, she is always going to be her. Her money is no good here. I don't need it. No, thank you. I appreciate you for showing the love to Kansas City that you have shown over the months that you have been here. And I am very appreciative of your donation, as I imagine the, the family is very appreciative. $100,000, you have paid for a lot of things, Taylor Swift. You are good. And anybody saying, well, she's a billionaire. She could have gave more. I, stop it. She gave $100,000. It's a lot of money. A whole lot of money. To people that you do not know. I give her all the credit in the world. Salute to you, Taylor Swift. You have all my credit, all my love. I'm I'm here for you. I did see that my boy Giancarlo Busio, I heard he dropped a little five piece. I mm-hmm. heard he dropped that. Gianluca Busio. Yeah, dropped a little dropped a little five piece nugget on him. Mm-hmm. Salute to him. Man, that was my guy, man. I mean, he's thriving where he's at. Is he on sporting? That's but I don't care. Okay. He's supposed to be my guy. He was supposed to be uh, every Tuesday. He was supposed to be a guest on this show. Who can we get next year on sporting as a regular? Text line, who would you like? We're going to request the same sporting player every week, and we're going to have him over the summer. Who should that player be? 
Rob, who do you think it should be? You're looking for fun and energetic? You're looking for like... You think I want to break down their game against the New York Red Bulls? I mean, I feel like this show's going to spend a lot of time on the game against Miami. I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on your Messi coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Messi coming. What what else do we need to do? What else do we need to talk about? Yo, Messi coming. That's what I'm here to celebrate. That's that's the only reason why I'm going. I'm not going because sporting is playing. Like, Messi could be playing Bishop Miege soccer team. I'd still go to the game. I don't care what the score is. I just want to see Messi score one time and I'm good. I don't need anything else. I got my money's worth. Got everything I came to see here. Someone said uh, Polito. What's his first name? Alan Polito. Alan Polito? Alan Polito. Is he good? We like him? He's their best scorer. Would, would, he, would he be a good guest? I don't know. I remember we, we had Daniel Shallowee on the show yeah. before. Johnny Russell would be a good one. Yeah, I remember Johnny. We had both of them. We mm-hmm. had uh, Daniel and we had Johnny in studio yep. before. Johnny's the captain. Let's have a soccer player from both teams on every week during the summer. Let's have a soccer. Let's have a current and a sporting Kansas City player on the show. Are you excited about this? I am. Okay. When the national team comes in, I'm going to work, try to get Pulisic on the show. You can interview him. I, <laughs> I know you really want to talk to him. You don't want to hear me talk to Christian Pulisic. You want to talk to him. That, and that's fine. I'm willing to just, uh, you know what? I'm willing to step aside and I'm willing to let you do the interview because you're my friend. I don't know. I think it'd be fun to hear you talk to him. What, what's up, man? Just tell me about your life. I would just ask him to, I would just ask him questions about you. I just, hey, Rob's a big fan. Right now, would you rather have, like, I, right now you get two options. You get Patrick Mahomes to write, to sign a jersey for you, and just, hey, Rob, I appreciate all your help. Or Christian Pulisic signs one and says, hey, thank you for being a big fan. Which one would you rather have? The, the, you, get the, you get the game-worn Mahomes jersey from week one, or you get the game-worn Pulisic jersey from when they're here in June? Probably Mahomes, but it's really close. I, le- I might even lean Pulisic because I could probably get him a Holmes in some form or fashion. Yeah, no, we could we could probably get you a Patrick Mahomes autograph jersey yeah. between now and the end of 2024. Someone said Captain America is bigger than Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about Derek Jeter? Because Christian Pulisic is not bigger than him. In, there, there's not a city in America in which that is the case. Mm. Where where could Christian Pulisic go? Not where Pulisic, it's more of a not Christian, but I could see Messi in in Miami. Oh, yeah, being yeah, of course. No, I'm saying he said Captain America. Okay, I'm okay. saying it's, there's no place that Pulisic can walk around the United States, and I don't even know people are bothering him if he's walking around in Kansas. I don't know what that man looked like. I'll let Daniel Craig take you guys home. Have a great weekend. Back on Monday, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.